This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everyone, and welcome uh, to this special spoiler review of the Marvels here from the Geek Buddies. <gasps> hey! Hey! Well, we're back at it uh, to have a fun spoiler review here after yet another Marvel movie. This is, the, I think, the 33rd Marvel Cinematic Universe movie here, uh, 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 directed by Nia DaCosta, starring Brie Larson, Tona Paris, and Mon Vellani, Zoe Ashton, um, Samuel L. Jackson, and, of course, the Kamala Khan family uh, and others being a part of this. And we're going to discuss it and break it on down here for you all in this spoiler review. If you haven't watched the movie, you should go. Maybe go get a ticket, go see it, and come on back and hang out with us. Um, or if you want to have it spoiled for you before you go see it, then just sit right back and relax, because that's exactly what we're going to do. Uh, let's introduce ourselves. I am the outlaw John Roca, writer, producer, and host here on The Geek Buddies. I am Michael Vogel. I'm a writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies. And this is Shannon McClung. I'm an an animation writer and a television actor, even though just about an hour ago, I signed my first contract to uh, have a role in a narrative audio drama for Blumhouse TV. What? Oh, Oh, please. Look at him casually sipping the coffee. What what does that mean? Explain. (laughs) This is big news. It's, uh, yeah, it was totally random. It was something I submitted myself on. I've done this before. You record some VO lines, you send them yeah. off. And I was shocked. I got the day the strike ended. I got, I got the message that I had wow. been booked. So yeah, it's great. Um, you don't usually do voiceover. So this is a nice little next, uh, next thing for you in your career. Congratulations. Yeah. The, the only other time I did voiceover was when I wrote myself into an animated series that Vogel and I worked on. <laughs> And that, and I wrote my, I wrote my character into every single episode that I, that I wrote. <laughs> you also did the trailer for my sex tape. It was a really good voiceover. Anyway, yeah, we're going to get into the Marvels today and talk about it all here and have some fun breaking it down. Look, I'll tell you right off the bat, this is not going to be a hour, hour and a half, however long we go bash fest. We're certainly going to talk about the things that we had issues with in the movie, legitimate issues with things. Uh, in the movie, and also legitimate uh, p- positive stuff that we thought happened in the movie. So it's going to be what I think is going to be a very fair review, a very honest review, a no bullshit review. Uh, and I um, hope you all enjoy that as we go along. 
And a reminder that the Streamlabs and Super Chats are opened. I've pinned the uh, Streamlabs address in the uh, chat there. It's in the description of the video as well. Uh, and send in your Super Chats if you want uh, throughout as we go along as well. Remember that uh, YouTube takes 50%, so however much you send, kind of factor that in in your mind. But we want to hear from you, so send in your questions, thoughts, and comments. Hit a like on this video right now. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't subscribed. Just hitting that up early on in the process. All right, Michael. Always love to start with you when we talk about these movies and talk about what um, you know, what worked, what didn't work, your overall feeling. So please uh, take it away. The Marvels. What are your thoughts? Well, you know, as is typically the case with almost every superhero movie that comes out these days, you go to Twitter afterwards and half of Twitter thinks it is literally the worst superhero movie that was ever made. And yeah. the other half of Twitter was like, I don't know what you're talking about. It's a goddamn delight. And I loved it. And I don't want to hear anything different. Um, yeah. And this is neither of those things. Um, the, the best way that I think I can set up all of my opinions about the Marvels mm -hmm. is it's like you you were go you were trying to bake my favorite dessert ever yeah. and you had all the ingredients are there and you put every correct ingredient in there yeah and i don't know if you didn't just if you if you if you underbaked it if you overbaked it but when it came out it wasn't all what i wanted it to be like it's not the cake the cake was a flat the casserole collapsed like i don't know quite what happened but but that being said i think as opposed to the way that I've felt recently about, say, Multiverse of Madness or Thor Love and Thunder, I think there's a lot of really good stuff in this movie. Okay. I think Brie Larson has never been better as Carol Dan Danvers. Yeah. I loved um, Kamala Khan on the big screen. I loved Kamala's family on the big screen. I loved Monica Rambeau. Um, I I am worried about the post credit sequence, but if they are setting up what I think they're setting up and they do it right, it could be really cool. Okay. Um, this is the first movie that really I felt started to lean in towards where I think we're going to be going for Secret Wars. Okay. And I thought that there was some really fun moments. I also think the villain plot was really underbaked. I feel like the emotional arc for the characters, even though I liked seeing them together, didn't go as far as they really could have gone given everything they set up. Mm -hmm. um, and I think Marvel is developing a little bit of an alien problem um, because they can't quite decide between each individual project what they're doing with aliens. Yeah. And it's getting a little bit annoying and confusing. So I think that this represents kind of a turning point in Marvel. Like I understand why the movie underperformed. I understand why people are not excited about it. I understand yeah. why the people that are loving it are loving it. Um, but it was really a mixed bag for me. Okay. Shannon, your th overall thoughts here on the Marvels. I mean, this was a lead in WandaVision was a lead in for this, uh, uh, issue between Carol and uh, Monica and Ms. Marvel, a lead in here for having her and her family appearing in the movie. And of course, Secret Invasion uh, talked to us about the Kree Scroll Civil War. So, your thoughts uh, after you watch this movie now? I mean, I, I went and saw it again way, today. Yeah. I yeah. went and saw it again today. I like to go see it with a crowd, even though for, for our showing, there were people there. I wouldn't call it a crowd per se. Um, but, but the, the audience by and large, for the most part, they, they responded to a lot, um, watching it by myself. I mean, I, I agree with Vogel. There's a lot of stuff that really, really works in this movie. Um, I don't know what was added when they, when they did those reshoots, um, and who knows what was left on the cutting room floor. I mean, it does feel like the way I described it to our friend, Jonathan Gabay, I leaned over at one point. I'm like, watching this movie is like, you've taken three bathroom trips 
and you come back and like, wait, catch me up. What just happened? But you never actually left the theater. <laughs> like there were things that just like we jumped here and I'm like, wait, what? Um, yeah. But that being said, I thought the chemistry between the three leads was great. I agree that Brie Larson has, this is the best she's been as Carol Danvers. And I think she continues to uh, display why she was miscast. That ultimately she is just not based off of what I've been reading, um, especially because I was listening to the MCU, the reign of Marvel studios book at the same time. And we got to the, we got to the captain Marvel chapter. So I went onto my uh, Marvel app and read a bunch of Kelly Sue DeConnick's Captain Marvel run from 2012, which is what they based the movie on. Um, And I'm like, yeah, she's just, it's just not her. Um, for, for me, at least, um, loved Amon Vellani. Tayona Paris, I think story-wise, she got she got the short shrift. Um, but what she did get, she was great. Um, agree with the villain. That was a pretty underbaked, underbaked aspect of the story. You know, Assistant Man Bun, he disappeared at some point. God knows where he is. Yeah. Um, but overall, coming out, I'm like, there was a lot I really did like in this movie. And compared to some of the things that have come recently, like Love and Thunder, like multiverse of madness i'm like i think there's more to like in this yeah yeah i i found them and i tweeted this out i I found the movie to be fine i mean it's fine mid okay um and i'm gonna borrow a little bit of mike's analogy and i'm gonna because i'm a massive british bake-off fan i felt like paul hollywood and i gave you a technical challenge and you had the ingredients you had the recipe and you were a star baker last week and you had, and I trusted you to do something really great. And then when I was looking at what happened at the end, it was underbaked. Some of the stuff was, uh, some of the stuff was burnt. The other stuff, it was, is too gushy inside, too mushy inside, and it didn't hundred percent hold together well. But I liked the flavors. You made the flavors work for me, and so I couldn't hundred percent denigrate what you created. But in the end, I was hoping for much more. And I was I didn't leave the theater like some people. I saw some people like who were so insulted by the movie. I certainly didn't feel that way. And I think what Shannon, what you touched upon is why the chemistry of the three actresses is fantastic. I mean, the sequence when they're discovering how to switch and be effective switching with their powers ahead of a possible showdown with Dar Ben. I thought that was really sweet. The way they were talking about how they could figure out how to name their Named their team, the Marvels, you know, that young spirit. You had Taona Parent, oh, Monica Rambeau on one side, who is really dealing with some angst and some issues with Carol. And then you have Amon Bellani on the other side, who's very much the young, pure, you, uh, uh, how do you say this? You um, uh, sees that there's possibilities all over the place in the world. And Carol, who's got some guilt going on that she's navigating that she reveals later on in the movie. So three different female energies pushing through. And then you have Dar Ben, who's in here saying like, Yo, you killed something. You destroyed my planet. You never came back and checked on us. I got to take care of you and make you pay for what you did. So there was the possibility of so much more here with these uh, four incredibly interesting characters that didn't quite 100% come through in the story. And there were quite a few moments where you're like, wait, what? Why is this happening? Why are we going here? What is the what is the motivation? What is the depth? What is the extra stuff here? And I've seen some people say, oh, it's just fun, like the first Iron Man. And that would be fine. But there's more that they brought to the movie narratively and story-wise from these other things, from Ms. Marvel, from, uh, uh, from WandaVision, from uh, Secret Invasion. There was more here that we really could have explored. And at the end of the day, I feel like there's a two-hour and 20-minute cut of this movie 
or two hour and 15 minute cut of this movie that would have fleshed out a little bit more about what's going on with every one of these characters and what the motivations were for all of them and give us more on the Kree Skrull Civil War, which seems to have been handled in a snap after all this buildup of what it could be. I thought this, this is where the film kind of let you down. You can't present these really emotional issues and these big, massive uh, problems in the universe and then solve it quickly. Like that kind of just defeats the whole purpose. And I felt the film kind of took some shortcuts here that it didn't need to and could have been a lot more of a powerful film. And so at the end, that's why I feel like it was fine, more disappointing because I wanted more, but I don't hate the film. Like some people came out ready to let set it on fire i didn't feel that way about it at all um well let's talk about the general story here and i'll swing back to you shannon did you like the way they made the story work here with the with darben clearly coming in to take over the korean and, and upset about what happened here with the, the destroying of the sun with the killing of the supreme intelligence and then the sun and all this and then the switching all did you buy that switching the quantum entanglement that they pitched over and over again here, and then what it leads to where they figure it all out, fight Darben, put it all back together, and then Darben ends up ends essentially killing herself because she doesn't listen to reason to Mr. Manbun, who told her earlier, don't do this. She dies, opens don't, a portal. At, don't what, cross what? the streams. Yeah, don't, don't cross, cross the streams. streams. Monica puts herself, sacrifices herself, on the puts herself on the other side of the universe, uh, and uh, and then we we're just cool with it, and we're gonna go fly a plane away for her to come back. So what what did you uh, think about this story overall? Did it work for you? Or did it feel a little lightweight? I I I think this was probably a uh, when you when you read the treatment for what this movie was supposed to be. Yeah. I think all that that you described was there, and it probably all connected. But as they got further into writing their outlines writing their scripts, whatever they had to rewrite because of the constantly shifting landscape of the MCU. Mm. I think that's the stuff, all the individual things that you mentioned, all good. Mm. Um, they just didn't connect as well as they maybe could have. Um, the the in powers being entangled, switching places, to me, that was a little flimsy, but I mean, that's like, okay, this is what you have to accept to get these three together, unless you can come up Unless you can come up with something else. Um, I, I did think the training sequence, the three of them working together, I'm like, oh, this is a lot of fun. I also thought the moment where they shared the uh, the Cree device, where they're sharing each other's memories. I'm like, that's great. That's great. Like, I wish we would have more of those moments where we can kind of hit the brakes on the kind of rapid fire pace of the movie and enjoy what's going on. I think uh, Zoe Ashton's character, the whole idea that Captain Marvel destroyed the supreme intelligence and in effect that had a terrible effect on the planet mm -hmm. like yeah yeah that makes sense but i mean we're just thrown so quickly into everything and we don't have a moment to kind of like now wait what happened um and i do agree john i mean the save for you know captain marvel coming in at the end and sort of reigniting their son i'm like that was really easy. <laughs> How do you not figure that out the whole time you've been in space? Uh, yeah, it's anyway, yeah. it's almost like they shouldn't have done it. Like, it's almost right, like, you right. know what? It doesn't matter what she... Maybe that's something they should have attempted to have done. She tried to reignite the sun and it didn't work. Right. Um, but then we have more, you know, refugee aliens, which we already have that with the scrolls and the Asgardians. Um, you, you are starting to repeat yourself a little bit. I mean, again, everything on paper... The way you described it sounded good. I sure. just think there's just pieces that didn't, they never quite figured out how to put them all together. 
Okay. Mike, your thoughts? I mean, you, you've been, obviously you're a showrunner and you know, like you've got to get all these desperate uh, script elements together. You got to tell a cohesive story over whatever multiple episodes you have to tell. What did you think about how they constructed the story in this particular film and did it work for you or did it leave you wanting? Well, I think what's frustrating is it feels like they did all the work mm. to set up something that should have been great. Um, you know, this is, what is this? The first female, all female team up superhero movie that we've ever all female. Like we've had like the suicide, like we've had females and male team up, but this is three superhero females in one movie and it didn't feel forced. Like Mm -hmm. anyone can say whatever they want about. You didn't like this movie. You did like this movie, but it didn't feel forced the way that some people feel like that girl power moment in Endgame feels like Tayona Paris was Lieutenant Trouble in Captain Marvel. She clearly had issues with Captain Marvel and WandaVision. Those issues came to a head in the Marvels. Uh, Kamala Khan, obsessed with Captain Marvel, has always been obsessed with Captain Marvel. Uh, Quantum Bands, in the movie. Captain, And then Carol Danvers has been off of Earth for almost every Mm. movie to the point where it's been a complaint. Like, where is Captain Marvel? Where is Captain Marvel? And she keeps saying, the universe is really big. I got a lot to do. Well, we find out in this movie, also, she feels kind of shitty because she basically almost destroyed an entire planet and their civilization. So all of the setup and why these three people come together, aside from the quantum entanglement, emotionally, there's a lot here to deal with. And it should have felt more weighty um, and there was more that they could have done. So do I, I think that kind of, I, I agree with what Shannon said is I think that the setup of all of this is really, there's a wealth of stuff they could have done. And for the people that come out and they're like, Hey, it was just fun. Just have a good time. That's cool. Except that the opportunity for this to be fun and more yes, is yeah. just sitting on the table. Right. Um, you know, when you have a character in Kamala Khan, who is hero worshiping Carol Danvers and goes into this movie and all of a sudden they're at this scroll refugee play, uh, planet and Carol makes the hard decision to leave people behind and Kamala's like seeing that maybe her here and then fi- and then Kamala finds out that people on other planets call Carol Danvers the annihilator. Yeah. And and how do you deal with that? This is someone that you thought was perfect and now she's not. And then with uh, Monica Rambeau, boy, they set all this stuff up that she had all these issues and then they had one conversation and kind of got her off the hook. Like real, like these three were so good together yeah. that this could have been some really interesting discussions about what it means to be a hero and what you think of as a hero versus the reality of a hero. And so all of it was there. Like mm-hmm. they, they, had, they touched on it in some of these conversations, but I think they could have done a lot more. Additionally, and you, know, you kind of brought this up, here's the thing about the Kree and the scroll. If you're a hardcore Marvel comic books fan, you've been dealing with the Kree and the Scroll for years. That's true. If you are an yeah. if you are an MCU fan, they've barely scratched the surface, yeah, yeah, and they yeah. keep using this Kree Scroll War and this Kree stuff in a very background way. But the result of that is Darben and the Kree. We don't really care, and they didn't do enough in this movie to make us really care. Like what Darben is doing in her way is kind of heroic. She's trying mm-hmm. to save her entire planet. Yeah, um, yeah. And again, when you have a movie about Carol, a lot of people looking at Carol as a hero, but some people looking at her as a villain, and then you have a villain who maybe some people are looking at as a hero, that's really interesting stuff. And I just feel like all of that kind of ended up on the cutting room floor. Yeah, which is why I think you can't just get away with calling this movie fun, because in- its intention was not to just be fun. Its intention was to bring up this serious shit. 
And this seems to be a problem, you know, and we've talked about it in our reviews, and I'll bring up my issues with some of the uh, um, uh, uh, Disney Plus Marvel shows that we've gotten and so, and this movie as well, and, and a couple other movies before this one. I mean, when, you got, when you're going to tackle something really strong, really emotional, really weighty, and you want to toss it all away with just a quick back and forth, that's not real. That's not re- You can't talk to me about trauma in one movie and then in another movie blow off trauma like it's not a big deal. It just doesn't make sense. There has to be a cohesive point of view that you're having, or consistent, rather, point of view that you're having uh, for this kind of situation, if you're really trying to say something, and I kind of have to push back on Shannon's. I hated the sharing technology thing, and I'll tell you why. And I'm going to get in trouble for this, but I'm going to say my piece on it. To me, the optics of a white woman using technology to violate a black woman's memory so that she can come out looking better about about uh, what uh, M- M- Monica was mad about. It, to me, that's a bad optics situation. All right, and and her saying, "Oh, I didn't mean to," or "I didn't know I would do this." You force them to put this shit on their heads without knowing what it would do to them. And then you get the directions that you need to go and get Darben. But you also let your memories run wild and you violate what she said she didn't want to talk about. And that leads to the resolution and y'all hug it out. That to me was, I thought it was the most horrible way to handle that situation on so many levels, in my opinion. All right. I get, I'd rather have had a conversation where they go at each other, they yell at each other. And maybe Iman Vellani walks in, or Kamala walks in, rather, and he's like, like unsettled. And it would have added more to what you were saying, Michael, these other sides of, of Captain Marvel. She's doodling Captain Marvel all the time, but in reality, when you meet your heroes, they're three-dimensional with the same kind of uh, angst and the same kind of issues and their own, ver- and their own um, shortcomings and their own um, uh, uh, positive qualities. And you've got to mix them all up and and look at this person as a three-dimensional person. So I think there was a great arc that could have been written into the stories you were alluding to, Michael, where we see her confront all of that so that by the end, when she's recruiting Kate Bishop, it feels like she has learned how to be a leader and not to be lost in the fangirling of all of this stuff. And so we can believe that she would put a team together more than just her being curious about everyone's abilities. And so I think there there were... there were balls that were dropped here that could have really given the film even more oomph and more power um, overall. And yeah, to speak to your lapse in logic, Shannon, you're right. I mean, how does Captain, she just kind of leaves the planet the whole time, never comes back to check in on the Kree, never tries to make it up to them, never, I mean, these are the people that she lived with for how many years? And I get that she was captured and she was kind of, uh, you know, she had her mind erased and all that kind of stuff and her memories taken away. But still, you destroy this. How do you not go check up on the planet if you're Captain Marvel, if you're a hero? That also could have been an exchange where Kamala Khan, like near the end of the film, she's feeling herself and seeing some of these other sides of Captain Marvel, confronts her and says, why didn't you go back? Why didn't you try to do something? And there's a bigger conversation yeah. that you can have. So, yeah, it, it, it gets disappointing when you see those moments. Uh, I- what could have been? Michael, yeah. So really, I, just two points to yours. Like, mm. just to be clear to everybody listening, you can say the movie's fun. Like, you are allowed to say the movie's fun. Well, of course, it is, of course. It well, is fair, like fair, the movie. Like, I think that the movie, to me, and I, I, I this is going to sound like a not compliment, but it's, I, I think it's this movie ultimately falls into like the Thor to the Dark World category mm. for me. Mm. In that, it is a movie that, upon seeing it, I was a little disappointed because yeah. I wanted a lot more. Upon rewatches. 
it's enjoyable because Thor yeah. The Dark World is where Chris Hemsworth and um, Tom Hiddleston really dropped in to their relationship. Uh, like the vibe between them is low. Like there's fun stuff in Thor too. Yeah, the yeah. Marvels to me ultimately falls into that kind of category and it's fun. I am I am way more likely to rewatch the Marvels on Disney Plus than I am Multiverse of Madness or Thor Love and Thunder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That being said, the potential for it to be a Spider-Man No Way Home was actually there. Yes. And I think that's yes. what's disappointing. Yeah. Um, to yeah. your other point, I, I'm okay with the scroll technology. I'm just putting that out there so it's on the table. <laughs> I'm good fun. with scroll technology, just so everybody knows. So you're cool if I find some alien technology and put it on your head and fuck it, let's see what happens. You're cool with that? Well, violating your memories? Like Carol Danvers has been using that technology since the 90s. And it's 2023. I don't think that this is like new technology that she wasn't sure what it was going to do. Like she's... Well, that's even worse than if she knew what it would do. She didn't warn them ahead of time. It might open some things up. It might access some things. Are you both okay with, can I get your consent before I violate your memories? I, to me, that's what I'm getting at. I, mean, look. I feel like to violate is more like she's doing it. Like they did put them on. She couldn't force them to do it. They they did it willingly. <laughs> I think I'm more with uh, on, in the Vogel camp with this one, with the with the Cree technology. Um, but enough. I do think that was a good yeah. kickoff. I think I think there could have been more after that. Yeah, I think that right. could have that could have kicked there, off. Yes, there should have been really a good like, scene. How dare you go in there and do that to me? Those are my memories, and and so then you have the blow up, and then you can have the slow come down where they both kind of talk about their love for Maria which is what ends up bringing them back together. Yeah, I mean, there's a possi- there was possibility there for a really great conflict. I'm going to get in trouble for this again. I think too much of the movie is about women supporting women. And the thing is, women are three-dimensional people, and women fight other women all the time. Women have issues with other women all the time. Why is that not allowed to be here? Every single time there was a possibility for women to have issues with women in the film. And if you're going to have all women, you got to have conflict in your movie. Why not have that conflict with, within the team? I think that could have been much more interesting, much more rich emotional terrain to explore and dive into and really find um, some fun in seeing these characters become much have much more levels to them as they're interacting with each other. And it was too much like they let Carol off the hook, like no big deal. Like there's like, well, you know, it's not your fault. It's okay. It's not your fault. It's like, what? No, there's a little bit of something that we can explore here. I, and I think it could have been, I do think, I mean, I do, I do agree with you that I don't know if it's just, if it, I don't know if the choice was, we don't want to have women not supporting women or not, but it does feel yeah. like they did sort of pull back on like, when you get to the big act two turning point and Kamala Khan, the, but the best they can come up with is her to be like, Hey, sorry, I came on too strong, but you're pretty cool. Like you right. wanted a little bit more, yeah. like, you know, you want to, and I think there was more to be had there. So I, yeah. again, I think the best strength of the movie was that these three women were really great. Yes. And yes. I think that yeah. they, and I think these three women could have carried a lot more and really like, there's a version of this movie that just knocked everybody's socks off and said, holy shit, who knew that the Marvels was going to be the thing to get. And, and just given what they're setting up with the incursion at the end and everything else, like there's, yeah. Like this movie is getting us back on track for where the rest of phase five and phase six is going. And there's a little bit of excitement about that. And so, yeah, I think, you know, I, I I really just think the, the, these three women were the highlight of the movie. And I just wish there had been even more of them to do, to do more stuff, to get deeper into it. 
But, and I want to bring this comment up, and, I, and, I, and I'm not in any way trying to bash. David Wong says, not every MCU film is going to be Winter Soldier. And that's totally fine, David. And I, and I think we'd all be fine with that. But the thing is, if you're going to bring up conflict that can be can could have existed in Winter Soldier, you've got to honor that conflict. You've got to honor those issues. You've got to honor those plot points with a little bit more depth, a little more complexity, a little more of a harder edge to it. It doesn't have to be throughout the whole movie. Just certain sections have to have those moments so they balance out the more quote-unquote fun sections that, that you have so you have a more well-rounded film by the end. So, uh, so I... I just think that sometimes the default that it can't all just be serious. It doesn't have to be, but well, but I think honor it, you know. And look, I think like look, the, the conversation that we're going to have today is yeah. not here's everything that the Marvels did wrong. Right. The right, conversation right, right. we're having and the conversation we're having today is I think all three of us are kind of coming out of this going, look, it was fun. Yeah. Like it was fun, but like knowing these characters just the way they developed in the MCU and I th there's there I just think it could have been more than fun, but you're right. Not every movie is going to be the Winter Soldier. Right. But that's okay. the fun but it. the fun conversation to have is well what could this movie have done to be the Winter Soldier because and Shannon and I were just talking about this the other day. I think what we all sort of crave a little bit, whether we all admit it or not is from Winter Soldier all the way to Infinity War was a crazy run of movies. Not everyone right. was perfect. Not every one of them was a home run. Not every one of them was Winter Soldier. But we went through for a little period of time with Marvel movies. Every movie was kind of a banger. Yeah. And yeah. so now that we're in this phase where that's not happening and Marvel internally is even struggling going, what do we need to do to get back on track? This movie comes along and so many people were just dogging on this movie. Oh, who cares about this movie? Fucking Captain Marvel. I don't even blah, 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 blah. And actually what we got, I, I, it was I, better than better than Multiverse of Madness and uh, freaking Love and Thunder to me. So well, yeah, I, like, I liked it, and I, I, like I, and I just wish I didn't need even more. Yeah, agree. I, I would agree. This better than multiverse for sure, for sure. Um, all right, well let's uh, let's hit Darben. Uh, let's hit that storyline. Um, what did you guys think about how? And I, I, we've kind of alluded to it and talked about it as well. But Mike, I go back to you. Darben, she is the leader, the supremer of uh, of the uh, Cree here. Um, and what we find out is that she witnessed what Carol did uh, in killing the Supreme Intelligence. That's how she got the nickname the Annihilator. And her motivation here is to bring water and sun and air back to her planet so her people can live. But we also see her wanting the quest for power, the bands. This is a big deal to her wanting all this stuff. Uh, and in the end, is she corrupted by this desire to be, is it her ego that gets the best of her? Is it her um, arrogance or is it just her inability to understand what's happening? What did you think about how all of this went down uh, leading to her um, uh, ultimate demise there? I, I mean, I think Darben is a, actually, it's a solid motivation for a villain. Mm. Like we didn't know this until this movie, but like the Cree are suffering and they've been suffering for a while. And it's yeah. because of Carol Danvers and she wants to save her people. Um, that's a better motivation than a lot of other Marvel villains have had. Mm. I think where Marvel kind of dropped the ball is that we don't care about the Cree. We don't, we, uh, you know, we've seen the right. Cree. We've yeah. seen the Kree homeworld in Captain Marvel, but we have, and and we've seen the Kree show up in Guardians of the Galaxy as a bunch of a holes. 
Right. But like we haven't we don't know enough about the Kree. And I think what's really interesting about the Kree as set up in the Marvel Universe and a little bit of what you know of Kree from the comics is Kree are like the British Empire of the galaxy. Like they I think they say this in Marvel in, in the movie at one point, like it was, at one point they had uh, colonized and taken over like 25% of the galaxy. Like the Kree yeah. were the British Empire. And then Captain Marvel shows up and says, F this noise, kills the Supreme Intelligence, and the Kree fall apart. Um, I was watching something that was, I don't know exact timelines of when Mar Captain Carol showed up and did what she mm. did to the Kree planet, but mm. I saw some people saying that might even be why the Kree were kind of doing a peace treaty with Xandar and Guardians of Galaxy, because they were already sort of suffering, because right. Carol would have done what she did a while ago. Um, so, like, the Kree are this huge British empire of the galaxy that has sort of collapsed and are dying and are now suffering, and everyone else in the galaxy is like, F you guys, you've been assholes forever, and you have this person who wants to save her people. And I think had maybe if the movie had spent a little bit more time at the top showing us the suffering on the Kree planet, mm -hmm. showing us how people felt about Carol Danvers, um, just making us care about the Kree planet. You know, all you have to do at the beginning, it's like that whole save the cat philosophy of uh, writing screenplays, that if you show a horrible character at the beginning do something nice like saving a cat uh yeah, you as yeah. the audience member go oh it's like when aladdin gives those two kids bread at the beginning of the movie you're like oh that's a good guy so if you had just seen darben as sort of more of a hero to her people at the beginning right, and right. then watched her go do the horrible shit she did like really just flesh her out a little bit but again just to give the movie a little bit of credit what I'm talking about is taking what they already did and making it work better right. as opposed to some other movies that we've talked about recently where you're like, I don't know what the fuck you were even doing here. This doesn't even make sense. Like this is like, yeah, she wants to save her people. I don't know that opening a portal in space, making a sun suck through it actually fixes your son. I'm a little shaky on that science, but <laughs> in general, um, her wanting to like get resources and save, you know, and save her planet. I'm like, yeah, that's a, that's a solid thing. I just think they didn't, my, my main complaint with this movie is you made good choices and you didn't take it far enough. Mm, fair enough. Yeah, I think at my screening, I saw Neil deGrasse Tyson just get up and walk out after the sun situation. So, yeah, but defying the laws of physics there. Shannon, your thoughts on Darben here uh, and what happens. And, and talk about that scene where she tricks the scroll leader there who um, uh, is played by the actor who played uh, Billy sad. Elliot's father in Billy Elliot. Yeah. He can't do in the ballet, ballet. So uh, your thoughts, uh, Shannon, on Darben and this process here yeah and if if marvel has dropped the ball on the kree scroll civil war because this would essentially be like someone trying to tell you about the civil war in america who's visiting but doesn't really flesh out one side over the other and uh you spend way more time figuring out uh, hearing about the north over the south or the south over the north and so you don't really get the full scope of what's happening and then seem boom it seems like it's over even though it might be happening on earth now between new asgard and wherever the scrolls are at uh with nick fury I mean, yeah, there there was an opportunity, so, sort of like in Wakanda Forever, when uh, Namor takes Shuri down to Talokan, mm. and she gets to see this culture and who they are, despite the fact that Namor uh, is saying, "Hey, bring me this American scientist. I want to, I want to kill him." Um, yeah, you you didn't have that moment, and not that you need this giant extended sequence, but the moment where Monica and Kamala are on the ship. 
And man, uh, assistant man bun says, what do you want to do with them? And she, aha, I feel like I'm going to kill him right as Carol comes in. Like that was a moment because Kamala doesn't know anything about right. the Kree. We don't know how much Monica knows. Like that was an opportunity to deliver yeah. a little bit of exposition that would have maybe fleshed her point of view out a bit more. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Zoe Ashton, I thought f for what she was given, uh, again, she wasn't given a ton what she was given she was good i mean that scene at the end where it looks like she is going to um give in and then she grabs kamala and puts the universal weapon which is agree with the kamala it's a terrible name <laughs> but she's got the universal weapon pressed up against kamala's face um that scene would have landed so much harder if they had had a moment earlier where kamala starts to question what starts to question carol um, and also, if we got to see Carol and Kamala and and Monica bond a little bit more, like they're looking at this child. This child is about to is you know is about to die. I mean, there are things that could have been done to make everything land a little bit harder. And again, for for all of you all who have not bought that Reign of Marvel Studios book, it is fascinating because you hear, especially the further they go, how much less control some of the directors have. So it, it would be really, really interesting to kind of see what this movie started off as, as opposed to where it ended. Yeah, I, um, I received that uh, MCU book from one of the people who follows me. Thank you so much. Uh, I don't have the name in front of me, but I can't wait to dive in and read, read more of what the excerpts have been released, read more into what we got uh, there in the Marvel side of things too. Um, yeah, I thought, how can I say this correctly? I, I don't agree with you, Shannon. I, I think Zoe Ashton was overacting her butt off in a lot of moments. So for me, it didn't work. And I think Brie Larson, I agree with Michael. I thought Brie Larson did a wonderful job in this film. It was the best Captain Marvel we've seen her do yet, and I thought she was great. So we'll just have to disagree on that, Shannon. Because to me, I think I think what killed the Zowie Ashton performance is, I, I think what Michael said, there's more depth here that we could have gotten. The motivations were, are very Killmonger-ish. You did this to me, and you left my planet, and you left. you never checked in on us again. And so there is Killmonger elements to her villain side of things. And so we could have gotten more with her. We got, got gotten more. I mean, the, the, the man bun guy immediately removed any kind of um, tension or real evilness to the whole situation because he was ridiculous. I'll be honest, it was ridiculous to me. So we could have had more with her, a much more uh, harder edge, a much more stronger edge. She could have been more formidable. At no point in the film did I think she was unbeatable. At no point in the film did I think and it's not because I know they're not going to win. It's more a matter of you got to at least buy a little bit of the fact that they could. Like with Killmonger, I thought there were moments, certainly the fight with uh, T'Challa proved that uh, they're on the water. But like we could have had that with Zowie Ashton and we really didn't. And unfortunately, it just kind of felt a lot of times like one note, I'm evil, rather than a little bit more of the reasons of why, a little more of the vulnerability, the pain, the frustration, the anger, the moments that drove her in to do the things that she's doing. Because she's destroying other planets just so her planet can live. So there's a hypocrisy in that that has to be confronted uh, beyond the scientific elements that Michael brought up that I think could have led to a much richer back and forth and some more depth to what she was doing. But yes, the final scene where she gets uh, impaled by that piece of uh, whatever that is of her ship, that was some good acting. And then the switch and all of that 
that that worked. But to me, I just didn't think they did enough with the background of it to make us care about her situation, make us care about the Cree more. There were opportunities that they could have <clears> explored for sure. Um, okay, well, let's take a quick break and then we'll talk and talk some of these action sequences and fight sequences here uh, when we come back. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Remember when they used that in the trailer to try to get people to go see it? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I do. Um, all right. So, uh, Shannon, you're the action guy on the, amongst the three of us. So there were some a lot of people spoken about how much they enjoyed the opening fight sequence. In essence, the opening fight sequence when they're all switching powers and fighting on three in three different places on the moon uh, out there in Kamala Khan's uh, house and all. And I think on on sword as well. So and then later on, when they have the when they're able to switch and fight Darben a couple of times here. What did you think about the action sequences and the fight sequences here in the movie? I mean, I thought all of that was handled was handled really well. I mean, there were no moments that I was like, oh, boy, you're really you're really dropping the ball here. And and it's not even a situation where it's like, oh, you what what a missed opportunity. You could have done this. You could have done that. It's because just from a a character point, we just weren't as invested as we needed to be when those action scenes happen. Like you they got better as the movie went on because we got to witness that chemistry between the trio. I mean, the the action sequence on the singing planet Mm. um, where they were kind of with Darbin, like that was a great, great sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the in the trailer, the moment where uh, Kamala is falling and Monica's trying to get her, that was handled so much so much better in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, with this, because it, you know, it, it just the tension just wasn't set up right. Uh, it's like I I want this to be edge of my seat. Um, they had some really funny moments, like when they when they switched right at the last second and Brie Larson hits the ground and Sam Jackson's like, oh, it's cool, it's Carol. <laughs> like, yeah. the, like they had some really, really, really funny, funny character specific moments. But I think as an audience, we just weren't as into it as I think we could have been. But again, it got better as it went on. Um, that last bit where... Uh, Darbin has both the bands. I feel like that's another thing that maybe they could have over-explained a little bit mm-hmm. because I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, the, the guy with the man butt said something about don't put them both on or something. Like that was something that probably needed to be a little overly over-explained because it's like, well, I remember seeing this from the last trailer. She's clearly about to die. I don't know why. Uh, and then Kamala's got them both on. It seems okay. Like, again, there was just there was just some stuff missing. Okay. All right. Michael, your thoughts on the fight scenes in the action sequences here in the movie. 
Well, it's funny. I actually think the opposite of Shannon. I, th I mean, I think they were all fine, but I think they were better at the beginning and they kind of like got a little bit by the end. I was like, eh. Um, Cause I think the opening seat, I think the entire opening sequence of them all just like in different locations, flipping back and forth, what the fuck is going on? Brie Larson being like, why does this keep happening? Like Kamala yeah. falling, uh, you know, um, Monica flying for the first time, realizing she can't hold her and like all of it. Like I was like, th this is a great sequence. It was yeah. a great and like the fighting in the Khan household with the Kree soldiers, like all of it was just very fun, but very action packed. I was invested. It was cool. Then um, you get to the musical planet and it's a good action sequence and they're, they're mm. getting the hang of it and they're fighting with Darben. I'm like, okay. And I think for me, the end ended up being like four people fighting on a soundstage. And I mm. think that because the whole promise of this movie is these three keep switching every time they lose their powers, I wish that they had come up with some kind of MacGuffin type of idea that was like, oh, we need to stop Dar Ben doing this with the quantum bands before this happens. So you need to be here. You need like something that really would have utilized the switching back and forth, but they finally really mastered it. So yeah. they were just fucking badassing it. Like that, like, like, you know, that like Carol would be doing this. But then she would be like, oh, too bad. And like, boom. And then, you know, Kamala shows up and just punches them with the light fat fists. Or, you know, they, I think they really could have utilized their core conceit a little better. And by the time they got to the end, it was just, here's the four of us fighting in this room. And then Darben goes out and explodes herself. So I think that the end credit sequence, the end action sequence could have been stronger. And I really think that opening action sequence was just killer. Yeah. Um, that being said, I think the action was fun throughout yeah. in this movie. I think I had a really good time with it. And I do think aside from that final third act battle, um, I think they really used the idea of them switching with their powers in a really fun way. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I thought the the opening fight sequence was fantastic. It was so much fun. And I was like, oh, cool. If this is what it's going to be, I'm down. And I like the fast cuts. You know, I saw some people complaining about the editing. I'm a Michael Bay Transformers fan, so you can't have enough cuts for me when fight sequences are happening. So I there he goes. So I go with the cuts. And I, I was a little at, at times I was like, wait, where are they at? Was it but they had moments to have comedic back and forth, right? I mean, uh, I know it's in the trailer that she reacts to the flurkin eating those guys, but it totally worked in the way they had flowed and edited that sequence. So for me, it still got a laugh out of me when I was watching it. The Monica Rambeau stuff, them trying to stop each other from using the powers, and then the interactions with the family as that's all happening. And yeah, it's a little unbelievable they were able to fight off the Kree, of course. But I, you, you bought into it. You bought into the conceit of conceit of it because you're like, okay, this is kind of a fun sequence. And I think I do kind of agree with you, Michael. As we got to the final fight, it it was so anticlimactic, and you knew what was going to happen. You knew what the end result was going to be. They were now that they figured out their powers. Now that they've got a bit more experience. Now that Darben's a bit shaky. They were a, they're going to get the victory, and it didn't feel like anything was in question. Uh, the switch was fine, but then it quickly led to her death. So again, anticlimactic throughout that final battle. But I thought the choreography was really badass, and the switching and all of that. I thought that worked really well. Felt like a comic book come to life in those in certain moments of that final battle, even though it felt overall anticlimactic. I thought the visuals of it all were very yeah. reminiscent of what you'd see in a comic I, book. So I also yeah. think Good. that um, I really liked the way they visualized uh, Monica's powers. 
Mm-hmm. Like I thought what she was doing. I'm like this. Mm. Like I, like there was a moment watching this movie where I was 100%. watching the three of yeah. them with their powers, and I was like looking at what they did with Monica, and I think they did a great job with Kamala's light constructs, yeah, and kind of one upping her abilities from what she did in the TV show. Like they really gave her some awesome moments, like jumping onto her light constructs and stuff. And I was like, yeah. these three are like these are good superpowers. Like yeah. these three yeah. are pretty badass. Like throw in a couple more. Throw in Shang Chi, She Hulk, and. Uh, the Hulk and uh, I'm I'm down for a battle here. Like this is some fun shit. So yeah, I think I think there was a lot of a lot they did that was nice there. Again, I just wish that uh, it had built to something bigger. <laughs> fair point. Fair point. Uh, well, let me see what I got here. Okay, uh, Michael, go back to you. Or uh, yeah, I think uh, yeah, uh, Michael, the Valkyrie cameo with the Bifrost Bridge. Apparently, her and Captain Marvel have this uh, friendship already. Um, Oh, Your thoughts. you can call it what you want. They they hooked up. <laughs> Maybe that's really possible. They fully you you saw the way they nope they fully yeah. hooked up. Wow, they right. hooked Fair up. Point. Fair point. They, they Fair hooked point. up. Uh, lesbian girl magic respect. And so, what do you what do you think of this situation? What do you think about her popping in? What do you think this lead is? This them setting up? I guess in essence, Kree versus Scroll here on Earth. What do you think of that? And were you surprised by it? Uh, it was, so I was talking to somebody about it and. The Valkyrie cameo kind of got a ho-hum response in our audience. Uh, and then the mm. Kate Bishop cameo got a much better response. And I was like, what is it that's bugging we'll me about this? That. And then I realized what it is. And this is what I meant earlier when I said Marvel got an alien problem. Okay. One of the things that was so great and that had our, our 100% trust in phases one, two, and three is aside mm-hmm. from like two or three end credit sequences that I can think of, like they were consistent. If something happened in one movie... You got to the next movie and there was like, okay, that's where the world is. I mean, even to the yeah. point with Winter Soldier where they timed it so that on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. they found out that Hydra oh, yeah. was in S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, like their right. time, like everything was this. We've had a giant fucking celestial in the ocean for three years and nobody mentions it. Nobody, nobody talks about it. Yeah. Now, Valkyrie shows up and takes a bunch of scroll refugees and says, I got it. I'm going to take them. And they leave. What do we know about scroll refugees on Earth right now? Yeah. It's illegal. Yes. The president of the United States announced aliens no longer welcome here. Right. That should have been a huge water. This is a big deal right now. But we've got scroll Valkyrie just taking scrolls back to Asgard like it's no big deal. We got Nick Fury on Saber working with a bunch of aliens. I don't know. I thought Saber was part of, part of Sword and part of the government. You would have thought yeah. that if aliens were illegal, they would have gotten them all. So, like, there's just this thing that the thing that made us trust Marvel for years. Right yeah. now, we come out of these movies, and I'm like, well, so wait, what? Wh- yeah, what's happening on Earth right now with the scroll? Like the last time that we saw scrolls on Earth. You had humans running up and shooting people in the head because they thought they might be scrolls, and Valkyrie's yeah. going to protect these people. Like what? We even said this when we reviewed Secret Invasion, and I was like, I love this idea. It's a big idea that aliens are no longer welcome here. But what does this mean for Asgard? So right. I think her showing up was super fine. Them clearly kind of giving giving me way more than Finn and Poe gave me. Like, oh no, these two for sure hooked up. Cool. But like, I really just think there's this really big idea right now in the MCU that they did in Secret Invasion that was like, aliens are a problem. And in a movie like the Marvels where aliens are a big piece of it, I'm like, well, that would be a good piece to 
keep yeah. going. And I think so. Valkyrie showing up is great. More Tessa Thompson's always awesome, but I think that's what bothered me about it. Okay. All right. My, uh, Shannon, your thoughts on, on uh, Valkyrie showing up here for a quick uh, cameo in the film. I think part of the reason that the response was a little ho-hum is that they did put her in the marketing <laughs> towards the end. Mm, like there, right, there right, were right. shots of Tessa Thompson. So it wasn't as big a surprise uh, as, as uh, Haley Steinfeld showing up at the end. Um, no matter what people thought of Love and Thunder, I mean, Tessa Thompson seems to be a character that uh, that the audiences really like. So, I mean, that's kind of my thought is like, okay, a lot of people knew she was going to pop up in some in, in some way. Like, we actually saw one of the shots already. But I had the same thought as as Vogel. Like, when Carol said she's going to, she didn't say she's going to take you to Earth. She said, hey, she's going to help you find, she's going to help you get someplace. And right. I'm wondering it when, before, you know, the uh, release schedules got, uh, got uh, jumbled, if it was, if yeah. they deliberately took that line out. But yeah. in, the chat, so, in the chat, they're, in the chat, they're saying like, so if the movie was supposed to be released before Secret Invasion, cool. Yeah. But I mean, that's something that I would be like, eh, maybe we need to ADR some lines in there and uh, adjust yeah. this. It's not our job yeah. to go, you know, it was supposed to come out here and I'm gonna factor that into it. That's not our job as moviegoers. Present what you present, when you present chronologically, that's how yeah. I'm judging it. Uh, yeah, but, but even then, it's just kind of like, okay, so they took Earth out. So why would Valkyrie know someplace to go? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. like, you know, she went to Earth because that was their, that was sort of their, their refuge. Um, and Asgard so, is a, ha I mean, aside from Secret Invasion, Asgard yeah. is a haven. For alien race, right? Like even in True. Thor: Love and Thunder, we see lots of alien races, so it makes sense that she'd be taking them back to Asgard, aside yeah. from Dermot Mulroney. Yeah, and that's kind of the thing. Is like, okay, uh, we've yeah. not really addressed this whole thing that aliens are kind of persona non grata because that was one of the one of the interesting things coming out of Secret Invasion, which you know the show by and large was was pretty disappointing. I think, I think um, you can say but the interesting thing. <laughs> the the interesting thing coming out of it was like okay aliens are no longer welcome on earth i'm like what are you gonna do with all these folks over at new asgard because there's, there's some there's some big rock people there that might yeah. that might have an issue being evicted so yeah i mean you know I think it's interesting that uh, Tessa Thompson is going to be working with Nia DaCosta. And I'm wondering if this is where they met um, in her adaptation of Hedda Gabler. So that was the one thing that I was like, oh, that's that's fun. I wonder if that's this is where they actually started. I think she directed her things. in Little Woods. First. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. I think she's in Little Woods with Lily James, Tessa and her, I think. And then uh, is how she's kind of worked with her consistently since. So, Well, yeah. then. I think. Well, all right, then. Don't quote me. I'm going to take a look real quick. So I don't misspeak. Michael, you want to say one more thing on this? Nah, just secret invasion. <laughs> oh, yes, it was. <laughs> Little Woods back in 2018, Tessa. That was her directorial debut for Nia Costa, And it was with her and, and Lily James. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I liked seeing, I always, I love Valkyrie. I, it's one of my favorite characters in the MCU currently. I like Tessa Thompson as an actress, as a human being. And so when she shows up, she's always so in place. Like she played that scene so well that, uh, michael i didn't read that but certainly now looking back as you talk about it i can certainly see how you would get that in impression or meaning from that so certainly possible it might happen you know marvel ain't gonna dig into that too deeply so okay fine Th that was cool but her saying to her like i thought this was a moment her to say like you know maybe this is good for you opening up connecting with friends because she probably told her about i feel guilty about what happened to the kree and i it was my fault and i'm carrying this and I'm sure Valkyrie's been like, you got to tell her. 
you got to tell her at some point. You got to tell her. And so that little interaction, you could tell that there was more between them uh, as friends uh, there, uh, you know, supporting each other. That I thought was really cool to see. So, yeah. And it's always nice when Valkyrie pops up. I had no problem with that. Let's talk about something, though, connected to Valkyrie. Connected to you just brought up, Michael. And I'll go to, I'll go to Shannon first on this. Samuel Jackson, from what I understand, Nick Fury has just survived all the madness of secret invasion, and yet he seems pretty chill and fun and jovial like he was before secret invasion and before Endgame even. So I was wondering to myself as I was watching this movie, God love this man, but he's just cashing a check here, and they've given some lines, some lines to say, but it really has almost nothing to do with what's going on in the film beyond some guiding points here or there. So what did you think about that uh, in how Nick Fury came across? Clearly no uh, after effects of Secret Invasion at all. And I don't care where the movie was supposed to come out or not come out. I'm dealing with how I've chronologically watched this stuff. I'm saying that to the chat. What, what did you think there? Yeah, I mean, uh, Sam Jackson was there. Sam Jackson had he he had he had a couple of funny quips. Um, you know, seeing him uh, you know, get a hold of that Kree blaster. I was like, "Oh, maybe we're going to get to see Sam Jackson kick a little bit of ass." But yeah. something you'll find out in the book is Sam Jackson doesn't like running. <laughs> so, <laughs> and also the fact that he is he is getting into being well, his 70, uh, yeah. His older years. <laughs> like, we're not going to see too much of Sam Jackson kicking ass. Um, yeah, I mean, this is this was one of the more frustrating things about the movie is yeah. uh the the tonal inconsistencies with some of the characters because even even if they were supposed to have swapped like it was going to be uh uh the marvel's then secret invasion i'm like so how much time passed because he grew that giant beard and yeah. he's really in a bad mood <laughs> um it, it was just it was just one of the things that was like it's kind of funny him with the cons the cons being on saber i'm like that's that's funny but it was just ultimately like yeah he's I, I don't think you're, he's ever going to say like, "Hey, I don't want to, I don't want to be Nick Fury anymore." I think he is always going to show up in whatever capacity. And I think if the project provides him with a role that he can really kind of sink his teeth into and and knock it out of the park, I think he will. I mean, Sam Jackson is an Academy Award nominated performer; like, he's very, very good. I think he did exactly what was asked of him. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Mike, your thoughts on? Sam, the jovial Sam Jackson after Secret Invasion here. Yeah, I mean, look, here's the thing. I, I don't need Sam Jackson to be like PTSD trauma for all of the Marvels. Like, I didn't need him to be <laughs> in a bad mood. Be like, oh, I just went through the shit, guys. Oh, uh, Maria's gone. Like, I don't need that. But I do yeah. think, again, Mar it's the same as the alien thing for me which is i think one of the one of the things that made marvel magic and one of the strengths of marvel was that the interconnections in phases one two and three really worked and really yeah. paid off yeah. and so i think what we're seeing now is they're just it's a little sloppier and mm -hmm. even just nick fury saying you know if if we had gotten to saber and he had already been, you know, the aliens are like, well, what are we going to do with what's going on on Earth? And he's like, look, I know. And, and his and his 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 wife was there because she went up there with him at the end right. of Secret Invasion. And he was like, I know. And then and then the con thing happens. And he's like, oh, like you can shift really easily to get him to be the quippy guy that he was for the movie. And it would be fine. His quips were mm -hmm. good. Black girl magic was great. 
when he yeah. looked at Kamala's brother and was like, are you praying? And he's like, sorry. He's like, no, pray more. We need it. Like <laughs> those were good lines. Yes. So I think that like, just to be clear to everyone in the chat, like I don't think that to keep that interconnection from secret invasion, Nick Fury needs to be really tore up and depressed for the Marvel's movie. Like the tone of the Marvel's movie is lighter, but I think just giving us the a couple minutes of acclamation to go, oh, okay, secret invasion did happen. He got through all that. He's in a better place now. Let's go right. on with the fun would have been, that's what, that's what old school Marvel would have done. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, he it, it, it served his purpose, but it was so incongruent with secret invasion that it kept throwing me out every time he popped in. And yeah, Mike, I didn't even think about his wife was, is on there. So they should have had some kind of interaction and they did multiple reshoots on this movie. So how do you not factor like one scene where he's like maybe yelling at one of the scrolls and then she kind of steps in and is like, yo, shit happened down there. It's done. We've got, we settled it. We went through it. I need you to lighten the fuck up or you're not going to be a good leader for our people. And so there's something there that maybe could have somehow tried to uh, put him back into the quippy place that would have made sense. Um, but you bring up the cons, uh, Mike, and I swing back to you. What did you think about having the cons uh, in the movie here um, and uh, what we got for them? I want to give uh, some love there to uh, uh, Zenobia Sharaf, who played uh, Munima, uh, Yusuf, who is Mohan Kapoor, and her brother Amir, played by uh, Sagur Sheikh. So uh, your thoughts on having the cons showing up here and their interactions with everybody in the movie as it went along? Cons are great. I, when, yeah. we, when we watched Miss Marvel and reviewed it, I was like, I want to see more cons on the big screen. I did see more cons on the big screen and I can keep yeah. going with the cons. I, the only thing I would say is I feel like once, once they sort of got taken up to Saber, the movie kind of lost, didn't really know what they wanted to do with the cons. Yes, like agreed, the, the cons right? in the house yeah. was great. The cons in the house and the house is being destroyed. You got two Kree soldiers and they don't know what the fuck to do. And then Miss Marvel's there and then Monica's there and then Captain Marvel. Like, and them just being like, what the fuck? And their house is destroyed. They were great. The second that you sort of go up into Saber and you took them there to protect them, um, <laughs> they kind of just were there. And you were yeah. like, all right, well, they're here. And then they went up. And then they went back down. They took a nice little space yeah. trip. Um, if they had been up there and, you know, all of a sudden uh, had been kind of useful or gotten into it. And at first, yeah, you know, the Saber people were like, I'm sorry, you guys are civilians. And then by the end, they're like, oh, you guys are pretty good. Like just giving and it, it, it just some little thing to give them to do, I think would have been good. But that's a small quibble. Like overall, yeah. I thought they were super fun. Um, I think I think Kamala and the cons were one of the best parts of the movie. And I'm really excited for the cons to stay in the MCU. Yeah, agreed. I, I I can't wait to uh, make that the name of my fantasy football team next year, Kamala and the Cons. Uh, uh, Shannon, your thoughts on on the Cons being a part of this and uh, getting more uh, from the, you know, Zenobia Sharoff, who I love as as the mom. Uh, what were your thoughts on this? Yeah, they're great. And and Zenobia Sharoff, she she is the standout of the Cons. <laughs> I mean, she is she is the star. Like like dad and brother, they're fine, they're fine. Right. <laughs> but it's really the mom who has the best lines. But it's also kind of goes back to like my. Uh, my my treatment point um on a treatment you find out there's this fight scene at the cons and then they end up on saber like oh man that's great that's going to be really funny to see to see this family on this space station and then they didn't actually figure out a reason why mm -hmm. <laughs> why they were there they just Comedic. knew they wa was the they reason. wanted them to be kind of the, the the fish out of water yeah. uh it, you know aboard the space station um but yeah, I mean, I would love to see more of Mama Khan. I mean, Zenobia Shroff is really funny. 
Yeah, like why is Yusuf trying to teach homie about 401k plans and all this? Like it was just I mean, a that weird. Was funny. That it was, was funny. funny, but logically it made no sense. But it funny, does. Yes. <laughs> listen, man. Listen, man. I don't. I don't know if you know. This. We have friends that like work in real estate, and they sure. go to a party and they get uncomfortable. And you know what they do? They start yeah. talking about real estate. Like, I, I guess. But what's a scroll? Is a scroll even getting paid? Is Nick Fury paying paying his scrolls? I, I got to know where they're going to invest this money if they're even making any money. But my guess is 100% some of that ended up on the cutting room floor, that there was probably more <laughs> about them talking about retirement plans I, I with like the employees that, of Saber. A fair point. And I like that actor who played the scroll there. He was really but funny for the occasional moment. Kind of to your point, I mean, there was a, and again, I just think this movie is a is a list. It's just, uh, you can just line them all up and go, that was funny, could have been funnier. That was strong, mm. could have been stronger. That was emotional, yeah. could have been more emotional. Yeah, the funny part, to Shannon's point, is, is them talking, like him talking about retirement plans to an alien who's like i don't know and then you get to the end and nick fury is like standing there and the alien comes up and goes i'd like to talk to you about some retirement plans on <laughs> yeah. and you're like oh that's, oh! Funny. that's <laughs> funny there you go that's the button for sure um let's see what i wanted to do what else did i want to bring up here we talked about the cons we talked about this other stuff well let's hit some of these uh, super chats since people have been waiting we're over an hour into the show francisco lopez says uh, the marvels is a movie the things i like about this are the marvels girls get together ms marvel she carries this movie. Without her, this movie will be bad. Yeah, I mean, she. I mean, everyone has said it, so if you need us to say it, Amon absolutely steals most of the movie whenever she's on screen. I thought she was fantastic. I'm sure you gentlemen feel the same, unless you feel differently. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, no, I, 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 say- I totally feel the same. No, go, yeah. go, go, go ahead, Mikey. Well, I mean, because I'm seeing it in the chat and some people are talking about it. You know, there are people on Twitter kind of saying that Kamala's fangirling over Carol like was a little bit much. And... Mm. I understand where they're coming from. I mean, as a character, Miss Marvel fangirls over Carol. Like, that's who she is. Right, in the the comic books, right? right, right, Yeah, like, that's just who she is as a character. But I do think, again, the movie just reached this point where arguably you wanted Kamala to sort of start to go, oh, right. you left those scrolls behind and also you basically destroyed an entire planet? Maybe I feel a little conflicted here. Like, I think that the script, they just kind of got to this point where, like, they should have started to do more, but they just kept going back to the same well of, oh, no, you're great. Oh, no, you're great. Oh, no, you're great. So I think when people are, like, saying, like, well, there's some people who are just, like, are going to hate on Kamala Khan no matter what. Sure. I can't help those people. That's that's a you thing. But (laughs) I think some people who are, like, I I think there is a, oh, well, there's a moment where – you should have gotten more frustrated in the same way that Mm. Peter Parker thinks the Avengers and Tony Stark are the greatest thing in the whole world. But by about three quarters of the way through homecoming, he's a little pissed at Tony Stark. So I think, I think they could have given her a little bit more levels, but other than that, yes, she's a star. She's great. I love her. I love Tayona Mm -hmm. Paris. Uh, And again, Brie Larson was better than she's ever been before. So the, the, the women are the highlight of this movie. (laughs) Well, the lead of this movie. Uh, Shannon, anything more to add on the Kamala Khan side of things? Yeah, I mean, I I get from a story standpoint where basically what Vogel pointed out that at some point it probably would have been stronger for the character to kind of have some questions about her yeah. idol. And yeah. then by the end, she understands how, how tough it is being Captain Marvel. In terms of uh, Amon Vellani's performance, none of her fangirling read as inauthentic. I yeah. mean, oh, Captain, my Captain... Uh, that got a little bit of a groan from some people in our audience. I, I honestly was like this, that line does not bother me. I okay. thought she did that perfectly. 
Well, that was that was joke. So that track. Yeah, that was a step too far for me. The oh, captain, my captain. But but (laughs) but people point out very correctly that we've seen fan boying from Tom Holland and from other people in the Marvel universe. And again, like Paul Rudd going crazy about working with Captain America. We've seen it, so it's fair. It's just there was so much of it in the movie. You find a little. You know, I think it would have landed better if we had, as, as uh, Michael has pointed out already, a little bit more of the arc of her realizing, "Hey, you just met your hero. There's more to her than you, than just what you have in your utopian mind about her. There's more that you could explore." So yeah, Joseph Blasco saying, "Evening, gents," because then or her oh captain of my captain would have had even more power if she's accepted Carol for who she yep. is you know uh tim sims is leaving this here as i can't be here live with year one of phase five complete where's your stance on mcu at this point which movies and shows work for you and which has not and what should marvel take away from all of this as for the film itself while the plot was basic the villain not as in-depth and opportunities to do more were left out it ticked the sufficient boxes for me personally as a good entry in the mcu 3.2 out of 5. Tim, I always wonder how you go to your 3.3, 3.2. It's a fascinating <laughs> score you've got, but I, I, I respect <laughs> it. I can't go that deep, so I appreciate it. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on the first part of his uh, of his uh, post here, Joe? Uh, Shannon. Uh, yeah, I mean, it it is where it is right now. I mean, and with and the where is release, that? What? what in it, terms of quality? Yeah, yeah, where is that? You say it is I where mean, it is right now. Where is that? It's it, it it is it is at a crossroads right now. Okay. Because they're trying to, you know, they're dealing with the fact that Disney wanted a lot, a lot of output from Marvel. And mm. they're now starting to see the ramifications of maybe spreading Kevin Feige a little too thin. Um, now with them, you know, pushing most of the stuff from 2024 uh into 2025, with the exception of Deadpool 3, hopefully this is a time where they can kind of sit and and refocus a little bit and figure out. What's working? What's not? How are we going to move forward? Um, In terms of the things that worked in phase four and phase five, I mean, I still think WandaVision was a great show. I think Loki, the two seasons of Loki, fantastic. Mm -hmm. I'm still really a a big fan of Hawkeye. Spider-Man No Way Home, fantastic. I'm still a big fan of Shang-Chi. Like, why Mm -hmm. they why they didn't sort of anticipate like maybe we should get another Shang-Chi adventure in the, uh, in the pipeline. That seems like a missed opportunity. Um, but yeah, I mean, even though it is kind of that a uh, it's, it's on shaky ground right now, uh, enough good stuff has come out that I do think it's salvageable. Like it's not like ah reboot um, because essentially we are working to a big reboot anyways. Like that was always yeah. in the cards. Um but yeah, I think there's still enough good stuff. There's enough, you know, there's enough good stuff on the table that this, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is very, very salvageable. I mean, it's not, don't throw it on the trash heap. Um, they're just not there yet. Okay. Mike, your thoughts on this, uh, on these two questions? Yeah. I mean, more just echoing what Shannon said. I mean, look, okay. I'm, I'm a big Marvel fan. Uh, I'm not, not, not been thrilled lately. Uh, and like I said, I think my, as I've been watching more of this stuff and thinking about it more, I think the thing that really bothers me the most is that that interconnected quality, that, that trust that they've got it all figured out is not there for me. Um, mm-hmm. but individually, there's a lot of things that I like. I mean, everything's chance like WandaVision's great. I've liked more of the Disney plus shows than I haven't. I okay. think she Hulk was great. I love she Hulk and character wise. I think they've done a really nice job when you think of like. Shang-Chi, uh, 
the new uh, Florence Pugh as the new Black Widow. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, when you think of She-Hulk, when you think of uh, Tayona Paris, uh, you know, when mm -hmm. you think of Monica Rambeau, when you think of Kamala Khan, like they've really brought us a lot of really Kate Bishop. I mean, they brought a lot of really fun characters into the universe. These characters just haven't really had an opportunity to all mix and match together. And I think one of the things that wow. I did enjoy about the Marvels is it's the first time in a while that I've gone to a Marvel movie where I saw plot threads from Captain Marvel, WandaVision, and Miss Marvel all coming together and yeah. the parts where they came together and they all were taught like, like, and it's little things to me, like Carol Danvers looking at Monica Rambeau and being like, so wait, you got your powers by watching by walking through a witch's hex. And he's like, yeah, yeah, they, oh, I walked through this witch's hex and some shit went. They like that's yeah. the stuff that I love. I think that's the stuff that makes us love Marvel. And the little bit of that that I got in this movie, I was like, yes, that's what I want more of. And so hopefully, like Shannon's right, the ship can be righted. We'll see if they write it. That's fair enough. Let's take a quick break because we got more super chat stream labs to get to, and then we'll get into the two big talking. Well, the four big talking points really. The singing planet, the cat flurking stuff, the two credit scenes uh, when we come back here uh, right after uh, this. I caught that right at the end. Nice. Uh, let's see. Uh, Rashad Huri. I hope I'm saying that right, Rashad. He says, I loved Kamala and her family. As a Muslim, I love the representation. That's awesome. The musical number was definitely Bollywood inspired. When the dad started praying in the space lift, my family and I started cracking up. Well, that's cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, let's let's use that as a springboard to talk about Aldana, uh, the singing planet here fe featuring their ruler, played by Park Si Joon, who is a very famous South Korean actor. Essentially, some people have called him the Tom Cruise of South Korea. So what are your thoughts on, on this scene? Did it fit? Did it not fit? This has been the touch point for a lot of people in talking about this movie. So, gentlemen, your thoughts on the Eldana scene? Mikey, I'll go to you first, I guess. So, I don't think it fully worked, but as opposed mm -hmm. to most people's opinion who didn't think it worked, it's not that I think it shouldn't have been in the movie. I think they didn't go far enough. Like, <laughs> if you're gonna well, if you're gonna do this, fucking go. And I think here's why. Guardians of the Galaxy, thanks to James Gunn, has established that the galaxy in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is a fucking weird and wacky place. True. Like, true. It's, it's bizarre. And a, a planet where everybody sings and that's how they communicate, everyone, the, the entire planet is a giant musical number, 1,000% makes sense in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as far as the way that James Gunn has established the universe. It is that weird. I think the reason it didn't work is it's sort of like what I was saying before when we were talking about Kamala's dad on the 401k thing. And mm. they're like, it just, you needed that button to the joke. You get to this planet. Carol Danvers says, hey, guy, I mean, this is like the setup for like a bit. And you're like, all right, guys, we're going to this planet. They communicate by singing. I'm sorry, what? You get off the planet, everyone starts singing. 
Monica Rambeau is like, the fuck is this? Kamala Khan is like, oh, this is pretty neat. They go through the whole thing and then they get to the thing and everyone's singing. But then as soon as Carol Danvers starts talking to the guy and she's like, we need your help. There's going to be this big battle. We kind of just go into the next big action battle scene. Yes. And like what? how like you kind of wanted like okay monica's trying to talk to the soldiers about what they need she's like okay i'm gonna do this and you're gonna do this and you're gonna do this and they all are just staring at her blankly and she's like oh my god oh my god and then she starts singing like like they like you needed to go full musical sequence even bigger to the point where it was like oh my god they fucking went for this and it's insane and i just feel like it really felt like they wanted to do this and like half of the it's like half of the marvel executives were like this will be fun and the other half were like i don't know and they sort of compromised and i think if they had really really gone for it in a bigger way like we would all be like downloading the fucking marvel marvel's action sequence musical number song right now and listening to it on repeat interesting well it might in um uh it might interest you to know that according to a couple of people that i no, uh, with sources at Marvel, the sequence was actually supposed to be 20 minutes and they cut it down. So you might have been right, Mike, that their instincts were to go all the way out. And maybe some of the executives were like, ah, oh, no, cut I this think thing it, down. it's ridiculous. It doesn't I, work. You know, having been in the room in meetings like this, where like you really kind of anytime this happens a lot, uh, it mm. happened a lot on Transformers, it happened on My Little Pony, it happened on a lot of shows that I've worked on where your 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 creative team comes in for like a specific episode and they're like we want to do this really we're going to do a different animation style we're going to do this whole crazy thing and you go great awesome and they do it and then you get it and the executives above you are like whoa what are you doing and you're like no no it's gonna be really good you're like i i don't mm, nope we don't uh, we don't and i th this this whole sequence felt to me like oh they really had a plan and someone somewhere was like guys Everyone is freaking out about this. Quantum Mania failed. We can't do this. Pull back on it. And that, that's what it felt like to me. Okay, fair. Shannon, your thoughts on the Aldana situation? Uh, for me, it worked. I, really? I, 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 thought, I thought it was really funny, but I agree with Vogel is that you should have gone further. Um, like the, the idea of uh, Monica and Kamala trying to communicate, I thought was, I thought that, I think that's a really funny idea. And the moment they started fighting, I would have loved to have seen some badass Aldonans have, have a great musical sequence as they're talking about what they're about to do. Like I was yeah. thinking about like the, 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 the New Zealand All Blacks, like doing the, doing the, the haka, the haka like yeah. something, something like that i'm like that could have been a lot of fun but i do understand that that is a that is a big swing yeah. <laughs> and uh like I, I mean i think it being 20 minutes eh, that might have been a little that might have been a little bit excessive <laughs> but it could have been 10 minutes it could have been 12 minutes like because yeah. yeah. it's i think they need that's what the movie felt very very safe yeah. and and i think if if they had leaned into some more of that weirdness yeah. Um, the people that were like, oh, it was fun. I think I think they would have had more fun. Yeah, um, Manola Dargas in the New York Times uh, called the film unrelievedly bland that it feels like an affront with all these women who were doing so much hard work. So you're right, that that dance sequence or the, the movie, like when I saw it, I immediately was like, oh, fuck, man, there's going to be like 5 million YouTube videos tearing this to pieces, which is sadly how I sometimes think when i watch a sequence in a marvel movie because i know how much people need to build their channels off that shit and i was like oh man and it did not 100 work for me but what you said michael and what you're saying shannon this is where it would have worked for me because to me 
Monica is not having it at the beginning. And then within a minute or two, she's jamming with the songs. You're like, nah, let's let's move, let's see the progression of the acceptance of what's happening here. And I think if, he, if the sequence had gone longer, it would have made it more believable that like eight minutes in or seven minutes in, she's much more letting her guard down because, you know, obviously she's protective of herself. The, the emotional yeah. damage would have worked. And then Shannon, if they had a whole sequence, they're like, we're going to kill you now. I, I'm down. I'm 100% down with that. That would have been really funny to see that. Um, I mean, honestly, like Monica being like Monica being like, honestly, we're supposed to fight with these guys. The, these guys are going to fight the Kree. And then all of a sudden they do right. like some like crazy like rap battle shit. And like she's like, oh, OK, my bad. Like, I'm like, OK, I'm backing up. They just went full Hamilton. I'm, I'm yeah. OK, cool. Like, Maybe they you know, I mean, I think there's just there was a lot that was left on the table there comedically. And it's like. Mm -hmm. It, it was like somebody came up with a great idea for a bit and then just like put their toe in the water and were like, okay, we'll just do it this much. <laughs> Maybe they saw the Star Trek subspace Rhapsody and like, we can't hang that. Uh, John Ashford says, I'd, I'd like to know why there wasn't enough escape pods on Saber. S.H.I.E.L.D. needs a better engineering program. It's the Titanic all over again. <laughs> <laughs> there was... There was a lot going on on Saber that I was just sort of like, that's where Shannon's sort of analogy about like, you feel like you went to the bathroom. Like I was like, yeah, so yeah. wait, what's happening on Saber? Why are there no escape pods? Like, yeah. and also like, who's the, wh where, what's happening? Like, I was very confused. Everybody's running around. Like a lot of shit was going on and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> there didn't well, seem like good... there was that, like the, the like the Cree, I know the Cree were coming, but they never really yeah. fully made it. So I don't know. I was a little bit like, well, what's happening? Yeah, I think this is a, is a criticism of the film for sure. I, they built this up as this space station that is supposed to be like this, this place that stops alien attacks from coming to Earth. And it seemed way too chill, way too ball busting, way too jokey jokey to really understand the gravity of what they were doing up there. Then again, when we first saw Nick up there, he is like sunning himself in some vacation hologram there on the deck so maybe that's the whole vibe he wants to give when he's up there i don't know it was, oh wait, it was wait here we go okay max max cohen the pods blew yeah. up because darben overloaded the jump grid and the ah. saber station was powered through that connection yeah, it, there you go so there's your I, answer that you were looking for thank you max I'll, we appreciate i'll it. take it <laughs> could have been <laughs> Um, uh, but that is a good jumping off point to ask about the Florican scene. This also happens on Saber. So, uh, Shannon, when we're first handed these Florkins, they are these little like brain type eggs. And it seems like it's something that sh people should be worried about. Nick seems pretty chill about it. It's like, hey, you guys, let me know what it is. So figure it out when you can. And eventually we realize uh, it's a bunch of Florkin that are being born from the main Florkin goose who'd been hanging out with Carol on her ship. So they end up using these baby Florican who apparently can use their abilities right out of the womb uh, to suck up all these people and save all these people off the saber while they land comically back on Earth. Um, did this work for you with, as you were singing earlier, um, Barbara Streisand's version of Memory from her 1985 Broadway album, which I have on both cassette and CD. So, uh, Shannon, your thoughts Gay. On, on... Gay album damn it <laughs> putting it together is a great version anyway Shannon, your thoughts uh yeah i thought the sequence was funny i mean you know uh maniba tells uh nick fury earlier that it looks like goose is getting a little chubby 
Um, this is one of those things. Oh, like, I really right. wish Carol had said, like, yeah, Goose got away from me for a little bit, but, you know, came back. Like, that's one of those little moments that I'm like, yeah. one, like, people that have had cats have had the, have had cats leave and then come back. Like, I feel like that's a very kind of common, common theme. But the whole, the, 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 <laughs> the whole idea that they're able to ingest these people. <laughs> and then barf them back up. I, I thought it was funny. And the fact that they were playing the song from Cats and the the panic that the Saber Station employees have, as you oh can hear the, the, the yeah. PA system, you're like, do not run. Let the flirkins eat you. <laughs> <laughs> Kamala putting up a hard light wall so this guy can't get away as this little kitten comes <laughs> trotting up to him. Again, it, it, was it ridiculous? Absolutely. But I mean, I thought it was funny. I mean, between this and the musical planet, I'm like, these are the things for me, at least these are the things that worked. I mean, like, I think we yeah. should probably should have seen more of that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And maybe that's the overall as we're talking about, because I love doing these reviews with you guys, because it gives me a much more like kind of um, that's my mind work around the movie. And maybe what the movie should have been is much more of the comedic side of things, almost like a Thor Ragnarok for Captain Marvel. And maybe that would have been a better film overall by the time it was done. Um, yeah. So what would you think about the cat uh, forking moments and uh, weaving in a 1985 song for people who are over 40, I guess? What were your thoughts on that? Well, first, I just want to give Josh Lang credit because he says he thinks it's funny to see Carol's nose squeezing between you and me in this review. And I didn't realize <laughs> until he said it. I didn't realize until he said it that that uh, Captain Marvel's nose is right here, right there, <laughs> just right there. Um, the cat sequence, a hundred percent, is a win. It's great. Okay. I think it's going to be the thing that most of us remember about this movie. It it was funny. <laughs> it was set up. It was hilarious. It worked. Yeah. Like the the song just made it even more ridiculous. It's such a stupid idea, but you get okay. We don't have enough escape pods. What are we going to do? Oh, if the cats eat everybody, we get everybody. To it it was silly and dumb, and they went for it. And even like okay. using fucking memory, like they just went for it, and yeah. it paid off. Like I I think the whole audience when we saw it uh on thursday night this this sequence if it felt like the whole audience was on board with the movie like the, it this didn't feel out. like anybody was like oh this didn't work like everybody was loving this okay. sequence that's cool okay yeah um let's hit some of these stream labs now and before we jump into some other stuff the j murph 22 says hey now that memory has appeared in the mcu i need to see a lay miz song show up in a future marvel movie what movie could squeeze one in or what musical number would you like to see in the MCU, uh, gentlemen, do we have anything that comes to mind? I mean, listen, if the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe and 20th Century Fox Cinematic Universe and whoever else they throw in the Secret Wars marches on Kang or Doctor Doom and they all sing One Day More, I'm fucking in. <laughs> you know what? I'm in. That might be my answer. Uh, Shannon, your thoughts? Uh, I mean, I, I immediately go to Deadpool that uh oh, yeah. <laughs> having them sing can, can you hear the people sing uh that would make all of the all of the fox people actually you know what it should be empty chairs at empty tables empty chairs at empty tables after the fox universe gets obliterated it needs to be deadpool singing that <laughs> this is actually a great thing you bring up because hugh jackman clearly already obviously a musical theater uh, uh dynamo yeah. he's jean valjean he's jean valjean 
Him <laughs> and Ryan would be perfect. To do. And I wonder if there's a Les Mis joke in Deadpool 3, which would be hilarious to put it's in. Jean Val Logan. Uh, all right. Jackal Pappy says, Shannon, this is Parker. I am finally catching you guys live. I love all three and hope you all are doing incredibly well. Thank you for all that you do. Oh, uh, yes. Parker is one of the hosts from the Flix Capacitor podcast. Oh, that nice. I guessed it on a few weeks ago. Uh, yes. And he he wanted me to tell you both hello. Oh, thank well, you. Hello. Well, thank you, Shackle Pappy. Uh, Jim Fan says, I thought the first hour of the Marvels was good. Once they land on the singing planet, it lost me. Did it feel like we missed a middle chapter to set up this film? Also felt like they sacrificed this movie for a mid credit scene to set up future MCU stuff. I don't, I don't ever think they sacrifice a movie to set stuff up. I think they use a movie to set stuff up, but I don't think the intention is ever to sacrifice the movie necessarily because they want people to like their movies. Um, but I can see how you might have that feeling. What do you guys think about this? Was there a middle chapter missing? Uh, and did they sacrifice the movie to set up this film? Gentlemen, I, what do you think? I don't know if there's a middle chapter missing, but there did feel like there was pieces of the movie missing. I think there's a lot more mm. that they could have done to establish. And again, I'm going to keep reiterating this because yep. I, I didn't hate this movie. Um, yeah. All the choices they made, I thought were the were overall the right choices. I just feel like they didn't either go far enough or establish things much or push as far. So I think that um, it definitely felt like there was stuff missing. I mm. do think the way that this post credit sequence worked and because it was Monica centric and was an emotional bit for Monica, I don't think they sacrificed the movie. I think the movie did get us to that post. I think this movie earned its post credit sequence whether that post-credit sequence gives us everything we want it to give us, we'll see. We'll talk about in a minute. Yeah, we will talk about it in just a second. Anything you want to add to that, Chan? Are you good? Yeah, I think there were several chapters, several portions of chapters uh, missing. And I think that post-credit sequence would have hit a little harder if we'd had more time with Monica to talk about her mom. I 100% agree with that. Um, uh, Lou says, love the buddies, really enjoyed the movie. Despite some narrative lapses and evidence of heavy edits, I liked it way more than the cringy Flash film. Uh, underperformance is a sign of people's biases and people not watching for themselves. Lots to offer here. See, and I, look, I'd like to push back on this because I, Lou, I appreciate your point of view. I appreciate and thank you very much for the kind donation. You have a right to, to speak your mind here. But I think people making these generalized, grandiose analysis of other people's opinions on something, I think is dangerous because it's essentially saying, their opinion is invalid, but your opinion is the valid and truthful one. And therefore, they, you, you're, yours is the only opinion that anyone should listen to. I tweeted about this earlier because I saw some critics, some influencers, and don't get mad at me, some third wheels uh, chime out that people shouldn't listen to other critics or other people about a certain movie. Um, they should listen to you. And, and to me, that becomes a situation where you're essentially implying that your opinion is the only valid opinion and people who agree with you are the only valid people. And some of people who don't disagree with you are doing it for their own ulterior motives or their own agenda. And I find that to be like the wrong way to approach this because you're causing division with those points of views about that. We can all watch a movie and disagree if we like it or not like it. And all those opinions are valid as long as they're coming from an actually honest place. And I like to think that the people who like it are coming from an honest place and the people who don't like it are coming from, from an honest place because art is subjective. Um, yeah, gentlemen, anything you want to say to this? 
no. Yeah, okay. I mean, I think the, 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 the TLDR version of what John just said is some people don't like this movie because they just didn't like the movie. And that's right. valid. Like, you know, it doesn't mean that they are this, that, or the other thing. Like some people hated this movie. Some people really like this movie to the people that hate this movie. Not everybody who likes this movie is grading Marvel on a curve. They actually genuinely like the movie. Like, I think that yeah. there, this is one of those movies that like, there's a push pull to it. And you're like, okay, however you felt about this movie is fine to me. I think that because I like the bigger Marvel cinematic universe, I probably grade this movie on a little bit more of a curve that it deserves, but mm -hmm. I still had a better time with this movie than others. It's still not an A plus or B plus movie. It's, you know, it, this is, this is a C plus. Yeah. It's a C plus for me, but like, it's a C plus where I had a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, Shannon, anything you want to chime in or we move on? I mean, look, you know, there, there are people whose opinions you respect and their tastes might line up with yours. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as you've seen tonight, the three of us, we agree a lot. But as you can say, see tonight, uh, we are liking different things all over yeah. the place. Yeah. I mean, so to, to, to have someone say, like, you know, you don't listen to this person, like, nah, that's bullshit. As you already said, John, art is subjective. It's all in the eye of the beholder. If yeah. you went in and had a great time with this movie, fantastic. I had a pretty good time. Writer brain, it's difficult to be like, oh boy, this is this is how I would have done it differently. But that is not, yeah. you know, but but that is not how everyone is gonna watch the movie. Like it's again, it's yeah. all subjective. Because if you turn the logic around, you could say if you don't like a movie, you could say if you do like the movie, don't listen to anybody who likes this movie, it's terrible. And that's not really a positive point of view. So both both those uh, both sides of the same coin are are not good ways, in my opinion, to kind of go, come across on, on a movie. I mean, John likes uh, the Transformers Jim, movies, and I still listen to him. <laughs> Fair enough. That's true. Uh, Jim Fan says, also between this and Secret Invasion, I've lost all interest for anything Kree-Scroll related in the MCU. Yeah, feels like they really dropped the ball on that. P.S. This is now how many mid-slash-post-credit scenes between Phase 4 and 5 they, uh, we hope they follow through on, um, yeah, this is, uh, yeah. So interesting. Yeah. Uh, guys, uh, real quick. Um, do you feel they've dropped the ball on the crease scroll situation or is there still a chance? I to just save? feel like they never really made it. Complaint. I feel like, I feel like they've never really made it interesting. Yeah. Okay. Like, like I, I understand that the scroll suffered under the Cree and that the scroll and the Cree had fought for a long time. And then in captain Marvel, the scroll were actually the good guys and Nick Fury and Carol Danvers promised that they were going to help the scrolls find a home world. Never yeah. did. Carol went and blew up the Kree's son, got called the Annihilator. The Kree are all suffering. So the Kree are all suffering. The scroll are all refugees. They could absolutely pick up these pieces, but somebody has to come in and go, I'm going to make the Kree and the scroll interesting. Yeah. 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 That's a fair point. Uh, Shannon, anything to add on it? I imagine this is probably the last we've seen of the Cree scroll conflict <laughs> that the the sun is the sun is reignited. Um I I, I feel like they're not gonna go back to this. That's just there, my guess though. There is a character waiting in the wings. Mm -hmm. Uh he is hot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he is dating a wizard whose mom. Oh is a Scarlet Witch. Uh, and he is part Kree and part Ooh. Skrull. And the one person in the entire galaxy that can unify these two alien races. Mm -hmm. And if they're not going in that direction, they're stupid. Fair enough. Uh, first rate Nate says, just love listening and watching my favorite buddies talk geek stuff. Thanks for all you guys do. Oh, 
Thank you, Nate. And thank hey, you for the thanks, very Nate. kind donation. Yeah. And so uh, let, let me let me just I got I got to add one more thing. Sure. So we're already an hour and a half into this review. But yes, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Is there a world where they do they do that character, but the uh, the importance is they maybe don't focus on it's, it, the character's dual lineage for um, I don't, the Marvel I don't Cinematic think, Universe. I, I don't think so. I mean, just in the big picture. Okay. And, and, and look, they might not even get into this until phase six, seven. Like, I, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know where it'll happen. But like the one of the biggest arcs uh, that Billy and Teddy have been in ever since they were established in Young Avengers is... Teddy becoming the emperor of the Kree Scroll Empire and right. Billy becoming his wizard in waiting, his galactic wizard in waiting. It sort of like elevated them to like top tier Marvel, the, the, this gay couple that became top tier Marvel characters. And I think that um, yeah. it's too good of a story to drop because the Kree and the Scroll aren't interesting yet. Like if the Kree and the Scroll are never interesting until we get to this story and then they do it, it's still worth it. Okay. All right. Uh, Smithy saying Shannon's like kind of like Columbo. One more, just one more thing. One more. Thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, one more. One more thing. It's one more thing. Uh, Winsmack fifty seven says, "Where the heck was Jude Law? Was he just killed off screen between the nineties and now? And zero presence of Fury's wife. The refugees completely contradict all of Secret Invasion. It's Wanda's treatment in in um, uh, Multiverse of Madness all over again. That said, I overall liked it." Yeah, I mean, look, I think that it's this, I'll keep pounding this drum and it's going to come up when we talk about the post-credit sequence, but it's the interconnectedness between these movies. It's the, it's the celestial in the ocean. It's Wanda's treatment in Multiverse Mm. of Madness. It's the scrolls going to Earth where they're apparently supposed to be outlawed. Like, there are all of these pieces that if those pieces were there... Even if the yeah. movie was sort of like, eh, the bigger picture of what was being built would be exciting. And I think that's where the multiverse saga is falling, where the infinity saga was strong. It's those, it's those, it's those interconnected puzzle pieces that are not connecting right now. Fair point, Mike. Uh, Jake the Nerd says, em- oh, sorry, Shannon, did you want to chime in on that? Anything? Oh, no, you good? Okay. Uh, Jake the Nerd says, Emperor Drogue mentioned in Secret Invasion not being on Earth. The movie was decent and a romp. Uh, it plus Loki feels like a good pivot to rebuild, but not the Marvels are back, baby punch that we want. This is not the Marvel you're looking for. Hand wavy. Where's Vara? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I think the comparisons to the Dark World are pretty apt. Mm. Um, and you know what? If if they decide to push forward with a third Captain Marvel film, which Maybe they will, maybe they won't. I mean, maybe they, <laughs> maybe they do get their the Captain Marvel version of Taika Waititi who comes in and turns the Captain yeah. Marvel world on its head. I yeah, I, I think that's how I feel about it. It's like even though this was a sloppy movie, I would say I think the yeah. pieces are all there. And in the same way that if you go back and watch Thor one, Loki is yeah. It's Thor two where Tom Hiddleston all of a sudden is like, this is the Loki right. that gets us to the season finale of season two that we just watched. And I think that there's pieces in Thor two that like, we're like, this is the good shit. And this movie has the good shit in there to yeah. pull out and carry through the MCU. Yeah. I can't believe we're at an hour and 40 minutes on this. I thought we were going to be done by now. It's incredible. It's great <laughs> to see so many people in here talking about this stuff. Uh, Jermaine underscore Smith just said, uh, great job, fellas. Um, and thank you, Jermaine, for the wonderful donation, gentlemen. And it was a thank you. Thanks, Jermaine. 
Mr. Jermaine. Uh, Lou, Lou says, I uh, have to clarify that biases, because Lou was saying earlier biases is what caused me to say what I was saying here. He said, have to clarify that biases was regarding people who don't want to see these girls on screen. Yeah. And I think people should see the movie and judge for themselves as well. Absolutely. I agree with you, Lou. And I do agree with much of your point of views. Much love. All right. Thank you. Lou. Appreciate you clarifying that for sure. Understood. There are some sexist people who won't go see this or racist people because they don't like the woke or whatever the fuck they want to use. Totally understand that. Those people should be called out for not wanting to see the movie. But, you know, calling out people who went to see it didn't like it. I think that's where the trouble comes. Uh, Carol says, hi, guys. Happy to catch this live. As a crazy cat lady, I loved that flurricane scene. I was able to tolerate that more than the singing planet, honestly. The movie was fine overall. Excited with where both ending scenes will take us. Iman Vellani is a star. Yes. Um, well, let's use that as the launching point here for talking about these scenes. This uh, final scene here before the movie ends in New York, Kamala uses Fury's... Oh, wait, where is it? Yeah, Fury's tech to gather intel on Kate Bishop. She pulls a fury and tries to recruit her like he did with Tony Stark, setting the stage for the young Avengers. So, Michael, your thoughts here. Did this work for you? Did this not work for you? Did it feel it was a bit unearned? And where are we going? Um, I think it mostly worked. I actually, I okay. think my only issue with it really is that, you know, I, I, I think they could have set up just a little bit better why Miss Marvel all of a sudden jumps over to want to like make her own team. Like, yes. kinda, like, like, yeah, like she's yeah, now they did show early on after that first action sequence, she gets that whole pad from, uh, from Nick Fury and sees that they've done that. They've got, uh, info on Intel on her and yeah, they've got yeah. Intel on others. She's like, wait, there's other young heroes. So they put it there, but like her whole journey with captain, like they get to the end with her and Carol in the plane. And she's like, so you're going to stay here and do whatever. Oh, that gives me an idea. And then you cut to that scene. And it was like, there was a little bit of a jump. It could have been smoothed out. But that is me doing a small quibble. Um, mm -hmm. Having Kamala Khan go full Nick Fury on Kate Bishop and having Kate Bishop be like, what the fuck are you doing here? Well, you're a young <laughs> hero like me. I'm 23 years old. Like, it was very funny. And as someone who has been like checking off my Young Avengers bingo card, the entire time that we've been going through these Marvel movies and TV shows, I'm excited for young Avengers. Like I, and, and even though Kamala Khan was not around when young Avengers happened, she wasn't in young Avengers. She was right. part of champions, which is the other young superhero team that was like her and Nova and miles Morales. Um, and I think they'll probably do a little bit of combining those two things, but the idea of Cassie and Kate Bishop and Kamala Khan and Billy and hopefully Teddy and Eli and like bringing these other characters together and having a younger generation of heroes. There's just been some great stories in the comics between the young Avengers and the champions yeah. and young heroes and older heroes. And is it okay for younger people to be heroes? Like, I just think there's a lot of good stuff there. It's a thing that a lot of people have been excited about. And so having mm -hmm. them sort of officially kick it off was good. Here's my only issue, and it's my issue with this and the other post credit sequence, which is, okay. again, like Marvel's continuity in these phases seems to be the bigger issue for me. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, you, you just fully went into Young Avengers. Are you going to pay this off? Yeah. Do I have to wait until Secret Wars for this? Or is this going to be something that we're going to be paying off throughout these movies? Because you've opened it. Don't just do this to try and get me back on board 
and then leave me hanging for three years. Yeah. And honestly, people are going to hate me for this and they can if they like. But I also feel like Feige is a bit too long in the tooth to put the Young Avengers together. You got to find this is like sports, man. Once you recruit the new team, you got to get the new young coach to come in and take advantage of what the new plays are, the new technology is, the new statistics, the new approach to planning out how to play. And I think there's got to be a young executive who is an up and coming young executive, got a lot of great ideas. That's who you hand young Avengers to, not to Feige. And I hope Feige can delegate that to someone who can take over and kind of really steer that ship and bring it to port. Shen, your thoughts on this, uh, on this, um, oh, uh, your th- on this uh, scene here, on this end credit scene. I mean, I yeah, agree I'm... that the setup could have could have been better. Uh, yeah. The the actual scene itself, I thought was fantastic. Mm. Um, when she says, you know, <laughs> you think you're the only kid superhero in the world. I'm 23. Like that's such a great exchange. Yeah. Um, you know, Haley Steinfeld was such a standout in Hawkeye, and having another standout from a Disney Plus series. The idea that they're going to put them all together potentially um it, it is really really exciting and uh, but i do agree with vogel like it seems like a lot of the th- lot of the post-credit sequences that were teased in phase four and five i'm not fully confident that we're going to see the resolution from those but this is one i do hope we see because those two together already very very funny very charming yeah i mean i also i almost kind of want thunderbolts to just implode and move belova into the young avengers young champions i think that's where makes more sense to me. And, and I think she should lead the team. I actually didn't buy Iman do, uh, or sorry, Kamala doing this because there wasn't enough setup. As you mentioned earlier, Michael, in the review, there wasn't enough setup to get us to this moment. There wasn't enough here to make us understand, see her going to character arc, see her then come to this moment where now she wants to lead rather than fangirling over the event. She understands there's a, there's an importance here. There's a responsibility to the universe with her powers that she has now that she's been in space, now that she's in these multiple worlds and glimpsed all the stuff that is out there. There's a much a different perspective, right? You grow up in a small town. Once you go to Europe or some shit for two weeks, all of a sudden your mind is completely expanded. So it's that kind of thing. And so you come back different. And so I think that would have worked for her putting it together because Kate clearly could have been the leader. And I don't want it to be this whole sequence of of her bringing everybody together and it's clear that everyone else should be the leader but her. I don't want that to happen. So, and my guess is probably Imavalani is such a young new actress that they figure out that they can use her like Tony Stark. She can pop up in multiple things and people love her enough that they won't get tired of it. And so, I think maybe that's the approach which is some of the other actors that are maybe going to get involved in this are doing a bunch of other stuff. So, we'll see how that all turns out. Well, let's switch to this scene here, uh, the mid credit scene as people were talking about. This man is back. We kind of joked about it, but damn it, it came true. Kelsey Grammer is back as Beast here. During the end credits, Monica wakes up in a bed and is met by someone who appears to be Maria. When Monica addresses her as her mother, Maria doesn't appear to recognize her. Mo- recognize her. Monica is then met by none other than Hank McCoy. That's Beast there, Kelsey Grammer, who refers to Maria as binary. Monica then finds she is inside the X-Mansion, and B states that Charles is asking for updates. Someone laughed at me from our show when we were talking about this. That they're not going to introduce the X-Men in a post credit scene. Well, they fucking did. So, gentlemen, your thoughts uh, on this situation? Who wants to go first? <laughs> Michael, after you. <laughs> I was wrong, but I'll tell you what. I 
here's the problem with what they like. I feel very much like the boy who cried wolf situation here. Like, I want to be excited and it and it feels like we're finally setting up something that makes sense and I see where it's going. But like, look, they brought in Fox's Quicksilver and WandaVision and then they were like, oh, nope, that's just his neighbor. And then they're like, oh, Professor X is in Multiverse of Madness. And you're like, we're going to kill him. Like, like they and like even like Kamala Khan is a mutant. But okay, (laughs) don't know what that means. So like they've sort of like teased the idea of mutants and mutation or X-Men from other units. They've done it to us so many times now in phases four and five that this happened. And I'm like, okay. Is it time to get excited? Because what it looks like, particularly yeah. if you read the entire Avengers run leading up to Secret, the more the more recent version of Secret Wars, what it looks like is what happened at the end of Captain of, of the Marvels was an incursion. And as we know from Doctor mm. Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, like incursions are bad. When incursions yeah. are happen, when incursions happen and one universe bleeds into another one, ultimately it leads to one or both of those universes universe is collapsing right. and in the bigger picture of what led to secret wars the entire multiverse collapsed incursion by incursion by incursion until there was the regular marvel comics universe and the ultimate marvel comics universe coexisting they collided and you had the ultimate x-men and the avengers and everybody fighting so what this looks like is that we're going to lead to that Marvel Cinematic Universe and the 20th Century Fox Universe colliding with each other, bringing all of those characters together for Secret Wars, and then ultimately they can do a soft reboot and all those characters exist in the same universe. So if that's what's actually happening, this was a great post-credit sequence. If this is an act, and, and, and the fact that Monica did get pulled through and yeah. stayed on that side of the planet and they put the Maria part in there. Like she sees her mom, but her mom is actually binary in this world and is not really her mom. Her mom is also, by the way, wearing that universe's quantum bands. And then Hank McCoy is there and we're in the yeah. X mansion. It feels like this isn't just a throwaway. It feels like Monica Rambeau is in this other dimension and is going to come back at some point. And all of a sudden we're going to be like, oh, these two universes are incursioning on each other. But like, what are we going to do about that? And if that's the case and having this version of Hank McCoy means the 20th century Fox X-Men are going to pop in and out and we're going to start doing that kind of thing leading to Secret Wars, it could be good. Or this was just a throwaway thing to kind of pander to Marvel fans and I'm going to get super pissed about it. Yeah. Uh, Shannon, your thoughts on this? I mean, I think the kind of comics accurate beast with the CGI. I'm like, you know that he 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 looked good, and Kelsey Grammer's Kelsey voice is old. Yeah. Well, Kelsey, but also Kelsey Grammer's voice. Like Kelsey, the, the issue with Kelsey Grammer's beast was never his voice. Like he is a great Hank McCoy 100%. voice. You are right. Um, part of me because it just doesn't line up. I'm like, so wait, is this the X-Men universe? Like that's the X-Mansion. That's the X-Door that we know, but this is not the Beast because our Beast was a guy in in blue makeup. Um, yeah, Nicholas Holt. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, but that's... also Kelsey Grammer. Oh, right. Yeah, true, true. true. <laughs> in X-Men The Last Stand. Right. Um, 
so, you know, that aside, I'm like, yeah, it's fun. But I also agree with Vogel. Like, this doesn't seem throwaway because I don't know why you would take Tayona Paris, who I would imagine that they have plans for, and just yeah. take her off the table. Like, no, we're going to see, yeah. we're going to see whoever this universe is, we are going to see her reunited, I would think, with Carol and uh, Kamala. And I don't want Lashana Lynch being killed off again. Like, for fuck's sake. I mean, this is a phenomenal actress. <laughs> I don't know why you'd bring her back to kill her off again. So maybe she comes with uh, Maria if they go into the, or Monica rather, into the new universe, possibly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Every version of Lashana Lynch has died in the MCU movies. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's fucking annoying. So for me, I, I don't know. I I loved it for, for the shock value because I was like, this is cool. Because you're right, Shannon. I've always liked Kelsey as an out-of-the-box choice as Beast. <laughs> Because the voice has always worked for me. And yes, let me say something. The new Frasier, it's actually gotten better. It's actually good. The last few episodes have been really funny. So I am a Kelsey Graham friend. That being said, real world-wise, let's be real. This guy is a hardcore MAGA guy. And it's weird that you're talking about a a, a new universe that is diverse and open. And L, you know, we're going to get LGBTQ stuff. And you've got a guy like Kelsey Grammer playing this character. It's weird. Maybe they're trying to soft appeal to the red staters a little bit or the maga people I, mean, I don't think the red staters are rushing to marvel movies just to see kelsey <laughs> Grammer. i don't know you never know kelsey's big he has a show on fox nation so who knows but um but i understand why you do it it makes uh, it's fun to have it but yes michael i'm with you they gotta pay this off because this whole introducing the fox universe x-men just to kill them off or get rid of them is becoming frustrating and I, I liken it in wrestling to when the WWE bought WCW and they brought in the WCW guys just to keep losing to the WWE guys <laughs> so they could assert their fucking superiority. It was horrible. The invasion angle was terrible in the wrestling world. And so I don't want that to happen here because these characters do still have a, a good, strong place in people's hearts, well, regardless of the movies overall working. But so I think it's dangerous. So, yeah. You but also say one just thing? from a, I mean, I see someone talking about Nicholas Holt, like, I, I am like, and to Shannon's point about, is this the beast from X-Men 3 or not? Like, I, I yeah. don't know that the answer to bringing the X-Men into the MCU in the big picture is to bring in the original cast from 2000s X-Men. Like, right. they're, they're yeah. all a little bit older now. Like, so I don't think yeah. they're going to be the ones that are going to drive the X-Men. Into, so I don't know that that's ultimately the plan. So that's where I kind of am like, so wait, what are, what is this? And I, and I guess like, again, it just gets to that point with some of these posts with the multiverse and with everything they're doing and yeah. with what they've done in the past with Quicksilver and some other stuff. We're kind of at a point right now where I sort of am like, okay, right. Cool. But yeah. what's happening? Like, it's really like, what are we doing? Just give me a hint, guys. Like, give me a, give me a, give me a something. So I actually know where we're going with this. Cause if you give, if it's, if we're going to do it in a really cool way, like I'm down, but I just don't know what's happening. And is this the beast whose Charles got his neck snapped by Scarlet Witch from earth 616? Or is this a different beast in a different dimension from that? Charles, is that Charles still alive? And of course we have Hugh Jackman, coming in on Deadpool 3 um, and rumors that that's going to be part tied in the secret war, tied in the Kang situation. So yeah, a lot of questions coming out of that and just hope they pay it off. Right. Cause it could go so badly. Um, but let's it, finish but off. I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, no, I was going to say, but I mean, bigger, bigger picture of what's happening. The fact that, and again, I guess this is the, the, it's what, it's what Shannon said about Tayona Paris. 
the mm-hmm. fact that we now have a main character from the MCU trapped yeah. in another universe and it right. didn't resolve within Moon. like you know multiverse of madness they made a big deal out of introducing the illuminati but then we killed them all and doctor strange came back and we know that he's off with charlie's throne fighting incursions but right. um you know because we now have like a cliffhanger for lack of a better yeah, word yeah, yeah. like carol is carol moved into uh maria's old house and she's waiting for monica to come back monica is trapped in another universe within the multiverse incursions are a thing so it did feel like whether or not we're going to go full x-men full 20th century fox x-men whatever it is it did have that feeling of oh this whole multiverse saga just took a big step forward yeah 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 we'll see if that's the case yeah you're right mike but i will say this Bringing an immigrant Pakistani family to live in Louisiana, I don't know that that's necessarily the smartest choice. Let me just put that on the table. I don't know if necessarily the South I mean, is going to be that. They were helping her. They were helping there. her move. They're helping her oh, move. No, they're moving. There. Yeah, I think you're both wrong. I think they're moving there. You think this they, isn't they, like they, a, they, I, This isn't like an NBC sitcom from the '80s, like Carol and the Cons. Like this is like Carol was moving into the house. Their house was destroyed uh, back in New Jersey. So to me, they the were Cons moving are not leaving stuff. New Jersey. Okay. The cons are not leaving New Jersey. All right. I mean, when Mama has a southern accent, and the next time she appears, we'll have the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's hit some of these. Uh, Joseph Blasco says, uh, I haven't seen the film, but I approve of Oh Captain, My Captain, Sight Unseen. Well, there you go. Fair. Nice, Joseph. Fair. It's fair. Francisco says, can you guys talk about, uh, can, you talk, can you guys talk about with the news that came out today? I still hope they recast Kang and not put Dr. Doom as the main villain of this saga. This is soon Doom should be the main villain in the next saga. I didn't see any news. Did you guys see any news uh, that Doom or uh, there's rumors? Out? There's rumors online right now that they've they are officially just moving. On. We've Kang is not Kang's not going to be a thing. We're just oh, going to go full okay. into Secret Wars. Like that's the rumor. Okay. Um, you know, I've I've been saying from day one that I think that once you've opened the Kang box, you should complete the Kang box, whether you have to recast him or not. That right. being said. Uh, Given the source material of Secret Wars and how it developed within the comics, this latest version, there is absolutely a version that you can do without Kang. So mm-hmm. we will. I, I I will see. Um, we'll see how we'll see how they, we'll see how they go with it. I'm looking at a screen rant. Yeah, Doctor Doom is looking like it might be the deal here, uh, replacing. So yeah, I agree with you. What do you think, uh, Shannon? Should they finish out the Kang thing before they move on to Doctor Doom? Yeah, I would. Personally, I would just recast him. Like, you know, how many more appearances was he was he gonna make? Like, just get get another actor in there. That seems like that seems just seems like to to push it to the side and not. I, I don't know. Yeah, I would I, new actor recast. Yeah, it, apparently this is all based on an Instagram post from H underscore V underscore News uh, shared a stunning fan poster made by uh, at uh, GERD sign system or whatever that envisions Dr. Doom as the Avengers movie villain. So this kind of sparked all this conversation. Who knows if that's going to happen? I mean, look, I mean, just playing devil's advocate, not that I think they should do this, but thinking of where Loki season two ended, like Mm -hmm. getting to a point where we're getting closer to the Avengers movies where, you know, you all of a sudden realize that Loki taking over is like sort of the God of stories is like, and the TVA has done a good job of like keeping an eye out for Kang variants, but by, by not looking by, by avoiding the council of Kangs, you sort of paved the way for doom. Like, there's a version of that that works. Uh, I think yeah. it would be a shame because yeah. I think the whole Kang thing could have been really cool, but we'll see. Yeah, 
we'll see. Uh, Ryan F says, if there's one thing right now, I'd be really stoked to see in the MCU. It's Tom Holland and Mon and Mon Vellani in a movie together. They could really do something great with him. Well, New York based stuff, certainly possible. Yeah. Spider-Man. I mean, obviously in the comics, Kamala is closer with Miles uh, right. in age and in just like they're the contemporaries. But yes, uh, in the MCU version, like Tom Holland's Peter Parker and Amon Vellani's Kamala Khan would be an A plus team up. Yeah. We'll see if Tom ends up in Louisiana. Uh, Mike, uh, share your thoughts. On <laughs> no. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> Chris Miner says after this movie I'm glad we're getting somewhat of a break from the MCO with only one movie and one show next year yeah hopefully uh, Deadpool 3 fixes a lot gentlemen do you feel the same way do we need a break yeah agreed agreed like we're gonna have something that is uh, uh, pretty much disconnected from the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe even though Daredevil and Kingpin are gonna be in it um, but yeah like <laughs> right, give echo, us right. give us a Deadpool movie 2025 let's let's take a little let's take a little pause and 2025 let's hit the ground running with uh, cap four in February sometimes it's good to miss things so you can appreciate them again right Mike what do you think yeah I mean I'm still waiting to miss you oh Jesus Christ Derek Johnston says uh, oh no I said uh, is it all is this, uh, I don't know where the one is where was Derek Derek I don't know where your one is I don't see your one. All right. So maybe you didn't put it in, but uh, so I'm just going to read you what you got Two, There are valid criticisms about this movie. Saw it twice. Marvel earned my trust. And honestly, out of almost 40 projects, there's been what two or three that could be called bad. That batting average is high. Always love watching you guys. Y'all need a show on Twitch live once every two weeks so we can get you all unfiltered. Beast looks amazing. And if that's how we are staring, starting, oh, I'm on board. All right. Well, at least one person's a, a, a fan of the beast situation. So respect Derek. <laughs> Um, as you just heard Michael say, he can, uh, you know, he, he needs to learn to miss me. So we're not going to do another show on Twitch, but maybe Derek, maybe in the future. We'll see. Fantastic. Three fourteen says, Hey geek buddies. I loved the movie. The misses it had didn't take me out of enjoying it. Uh, is no one going to bring up Carol Danvers got married. The dog getting pizza made me smile. Yeah. Yeah. She, she got married, but it was a marriage of convenience. Is that a, a marriage of convenience? What are your thoughts on that? It's yeah. I don't think that's a marriage. Marriage. I mean, listen. Yeah. She had way more care. She had way more chemistry with Valkyrie. Am I right? <laughs> Here he goes. Don't push your agenda on me, man. Uh, yeah, maybe. I, I, love, I is like love. love is love. Love is love. Love is love. Shannon, uh, any thoughts on Carol Danvers being married as a political uh, situation? Yeah, we're not going to see her husband again. <laughs> yeah, probably not. We barely saw. <laughs> Made it such a big deal. He's barely in the movie, which is a shame, man. He probably well, had a probably he probably sung his ass off in those twenty minutes that were cut. Yeah, probably right. <laughs> uh, Cooley has says I thought the movie's I I it was cool. Love the end credit scene. Also the water planet. Is it completely destroyed? Love to you guys. Be easy. That's a good question. You have <laughs> just like the pre planet. Carol never went back to check on Aldana and what happened. So. Yeah, what do you guys think about that? Is that a, was that a miss of the movie? Not going back to check on all. That's why we're not going to see the husband again. <laughs> yeah, I gotta tell you, I, I I did. Somebody pointed this out when we got on the movie. Like Darvan's um, planning leaves something to be desired. If yeah. you're going to steal water from a planet that's like ninety percent water, why do you go to the one place on the planet where there's land and fight people? Go to the other end of the planet and just drain that swamp. Nobody's going to know. That's true. By the time they get to you, you'll have drained it, as you said. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Joseph Blasco says, if I read MCU post-credit would be Rogue taking Carol's powers and memories. That's a post-credit scene to talk about. Yeah. 
Oh, Carol did. Oh. Well, yeah, for those who don't know, I mean, that's where Rogue got her powers. Like, she, uh, Rogue, when she was a villain, uh, and back when Captain Marvel was just Miss Marvel, I think, if she yeah. if she wasn't something else. Like, yeah, Rogue took her powers, and uh, that's kind of where Rogue's power set came from, and wiped Carol out to the point where I think she got amnesia. One of wow. the several times that Carol got amnesia in the comics. That was a nice trick. Uh, Shannon, your thoughts on that? Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to find out if they moved to Louisiana or not. They're, they're, they didn't move to they didn't. Every box was like the Khan's kitchen. Uh, not the Khan. Now you got me confused. It was like, oh, Carol's, damn it, Mike. <laughs> it was like Carol's. It was like Carol's nuts and bolts, gooses, kibbles. Like it was like there's it was her boxes. We see right at the end of the Marvels, we see the Khan family all safe and sound, he- helping Carol move into Maria's old time. Okay. As her mom, dad, and brother fairy boxes in the house, Kamala marvels at the old plane out front. They sit in the plane. Um, and uh, she says this would be a nice place to raise some kids. She says with a smile and the most bombastic side eyes, Amir reacts by trying to mute his brother. So maybe the brother is staying uh, in Louisiana. No. How about that? Can we split? That's just a no. mom momming. Oh. That's just a mom momming. All right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think the brother's wife would be thrilled with him moving in with Carol Danvers. Apparently, she was fine with him going off into space. Uh, <laughs> that was the situation. Uh, let's see. We got more just to kind of wrap up the show here. Oh, yeah. Jake the Nerd said, well, they fucking did. Hashtag John Roca. I just choked my tea and laughed, LOL. But let's fucking go. X-Men versus Avengers in an incursion struggle to survive. Give me it, damn it. LOL. Also, this triggered a YouTube rabbit hole on uh, binary on the binary character. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Everybody, I do love like all every every Mar- <laughs> every Marvel person. Everyone and all like, oh well, let's talk about binary. Obviously, we all know that binary. Nobody knew the fuck binary was. We all got out of that movie and we were like, my friends were like, so who was that? And I was like, that was. Carol Danvers <laughs> uh, lost her powers and briefly joined the X-Men and uh, hold on. And, and now everyone is like, oh yeah, binary. No, come on. Every one of us Googled that shit. Brilliant. You're right. <laughs> it's binary. No one's going to try to tell you. Yeah, maybe 10 people knew who binary was in the theater when it happened. Be real. Uh, and one last one here from Queen of Geek who says, uh, do you think the problem she was having is the adding Disney Plus shows to the timeline? Didn't have those shows during the first few phases. I think shows are causing a problem with continuity. Is the movie before Secret Invasion and Thor? Because it feels like it is. Yeah, we talked about that earlier, Queen, so it's a great thing you bringing that up again. Yeah, gentlemen, your thoughts here. Uh, the shows which, what were, which uh, Shannon, I know you're reading the MCU book. What I've read, some expert excerpts is Kevin wasn't the biggest fan of doing the shows and making them canon, uh, but he kind of had to get on board with it. And now it seems like, because he wasn't that interested, it's coming through in his work. Uh, it, what do, I don't what do you think guys? it was so much he wasn't interested. I think it was the amount that oh, they the, wanted. Fair enough, fair enough. The volume. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Mike, your thoughts on this? Yeah, it does feel like, whether it was from lack of interest or not, I don't know, but it does feel like whether it is a timing issue, a release date issue between mm. TV and having, because, you know, like, you think about what Marvel did with phases one, two, and three, and like, okay, we got this movie coming out now, and then we've got this movie coming out. Let's make sure they connect. Now it's like we got this movie coming out, and this movie coming out, and these shows coming out, and this episode airs this date, and this episode airs this date, and this episode airs this date, and let's make sure it all connects is definitely harder. And it is those connection points that do seem to, you know, like you think about the list of things. Uh, 
Shang-Chi's Ten Rings are actually an alien artifact, Ooh. and they are sending a signal somewhere. Bruce Banner, yes. what's the signal, Carol? I don't know. That was like 35 years ago that we heard that. Now we, now we know that the Ten Rings are somehow tied to the quantum bands because yeah. the one quantum band that Kamala's ancestors found was on a Kree arm in the Ten Rings temple. And now we know where the other quantum band is. So like maybe we're slowly figuring that out. And then we know about uh, Elsa Bloodstone and Man-Thing exists mm. and he's off doing his thing. Like there's all of these pieces that every time we watch these things, we're like, ooh, that's cool. As I've said a thousand times, there's a giant fucking celestial in the ocean and nobody talks about it. So I think Seven that, movies. Yeah. yeah, I think that those are the things that are making us all go, oh, okay, where are we going? What's happening? I don't know. And so I think if they, if they can fix that continuity problem, if they can actually get us excited about the big picture again and make us feel like we're all moving in a direction, I think that's going to go a long way towards getting people back on board. Yeah, I need like a Charlie Day board explaining it everything. Uh, yeah. Shannon, your thoughts? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you're good. Okay. Yeah, yeah I mean, okay. Okay. <laughs> Shannon's on the Shannon's on empty right now. All right, let's wrap it up. Thank you guys. Yeah, we're two hours. I can't believe we took an hour and forty minute and had a two hour and five minute conversation. I thought for sure we were done. The discussion like was longer than the movie. <laughs> it was, but that's because the wonderful. We have four hundred of you guys who were hanging out with us at one point. So. All of you hanging out with us, we appreciate it madly. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for the lively chat. Thanks for the Streamlabs and the Super Chats. Uh, Michael and Shannon, final words on this movie. Where are we going to place it? Where does it fit in your MCU rankings, if you can say so right now? Uh, Mike, I'll go to you first. Um, look, ultimately, at the end of the day, I don't have the exact number in front of me, but it's going to be on the lower end of the movies for me. Mm. Um, like mm. I said, if I'm, if I'm comparing it kind of like it fits in that Thor to the Dark World kind of spot, that doesn't mean it goes really high on the list because Marvel, as some people said in the chat, has had a long string of ba of bangers that are really solid movies. So mm -hmm. as a whole, I don't think that the Marvels is high on the list, but I do think that the performances of the characters and some of the stuff they set up was really, really good. So I would say overall, yeah. as much as I find this movie to be very uneven and sloppy, I enjoyed it more and enjoyed the potential for where it's taking the MCU more than I've enjoyed the last three or four Marvel movies. Okay. Fair point. Uh, Shannon, your final thoughts on this movie and where it might rank right off the bat initially in your MCU rankings. It's, it's a generous C plus it's a generous C plus movie. It's definitely a bottom third movie. Um, but okay. the characters that they have, the characters are good. I mean, and it sure seems like we're going to see uh, Amon Vellani again soon. I'll be curious if, if Brie Larson comes back. Um, cause you know, we don't know with the newer cast members, the, the contracts that they were signing, it's not like the old days where they were signing six picture deals. Right. Um, so I'll be curious if she comes back. I mean, she's, there might be a limit to how much she's willing, she's willing to take at the hands of, uh, uh, hostile, hostile audience members. Um, but yeah, I mean, I really hope we get to see a Mondalani and Teona Paris again as well. Yeah, I have to say it's in the, my bottom third as well. Um, it's about a C. I don't even give it a C plus. It's a C for me. Um, I, I wanted more. We didn't get it in the end. But look, I want Brie Larson back. And as Michael bangs his drum, I will bang my drum. Brie Larson is a goddamn good actress. And once you give her more to do and write to her strengths, she can show you how good she was. And there are great moments in this film for her acting-wise. Not great overall but great for her performance that scene when she flies off and misses 
Monica as the thing closes and we get the close up on her face. That's some genuine emotion going on and some real things going on for her. So to me, it would be a loss to the MCU if we lost Brie Larson as Captain Marvel. And I think she showed it again in this movie. Amavalani, great, just adding to her resume and adding to um, people's enjoyment of her is just smart. And this is a woman who's going to, or a young woman who's going to eventually be a, a huge power in the MCU, both uh, as the character and as an actress. And I think that's going to be fun to see. We need more for Teona, though. If you're going to keep Teona in this universe, we need more for Teona because she did get the short shrift storyline-wise in the movie and some of the cuts. So we need to write to her strengths and flesh her out a little bit more. I liked the end credit scenes for what they were, but they also give me concern about where we're going and if they're going to be able to pull it off. But overall, yeah, the film, a little bit of a Frankenstein film with some cuts here. I could have had more, 20, 20 minutes more that would have at least given it a little more depth, a little more complexity, and uh, kind of fleshed out a little more of these emotional back and forths that would have left a, a more of an effect on us, in my opinion, overall. But if it overall worked for you and you don't, you don't agree with either of us, that's also great, too. Because what's great is enjoying something. And if you enjoyed it, God love you. You enjoyed it. And, and that's good for you. So, um, all right. Well, thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us. We appreciate it madly. Thanks again for the live chat, the stream live super chats. Also cool. Shannon, what do we have to tell? Yeah, I'd like to follow us on social media. On Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies. On Instagram, at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media, on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung. On Instagram, at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you would like to follow Mr. Vogel, it is at NKTune. If you would like to follow Mr. Roca, it is at the Roca says. Mikey? Um, listen, if you like 20-minute uh, musical sequences, if you like 20-minute cat flirkin memory sequences, or if you just like arguing about Kelsey Grammer, um, we got a little bit of everything for you here on the Geek Buddies. <laughs> uh, and here's what you guys can do for us. Smash that like button below. Subscribe to Johnny's Outlaw Nation page. Check out all the amazing content he's got there. Um, the chat in the live chat has been great. If you're watching this, leave your comments below. Let us know what you thought of the Marvels. Let us know what you thought of those end credit sequence, and let us know what you think of where the MCU is headed if you are listening to us on a podcast go ahead and leave us some stars and some comments so we go up in the rankings and more people can find us and as always the best thing that you guys can do is retweet this video post it on your socials, send it to your friends and tell them to hang out with your buddies the geek buddies there you go all right well thank you all so much for hanging out with us don't forget we have a main show coming out later on this week look for that and until then take care of yourselves be well and we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode here of the geek Buddies! Huh? Hey! Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.